What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Cavs a podcast. A uh, we have not had a podcast since August. It's been three and a half months. We are we are terrible podcasters, but uh, it it has been a time of great tribulation in the <laughs> in the country. So we uh, we've been hunkered down and all doing our jobs and getting through it and getting through the Rona and getting through the election and now, and the bubble, uh, and now we've crowned the Lakers the 2020 champions and we're about to start the 2021 season here. If you want to so. crown them, crown them. <laughs> but they are who we thought they were. Yes. Um, yeah, this is a good question. Uh, I don't. How much of the finals did you get to watch, Tom? Um, I didn't. I didn't watch a single dribble, to be honest with you. <laughs> so who he play for later is going to be great. It is. It, it's going to be. It's going to be lit. But uh, Eli, did you feel like the bubble hurt or helped the Lakers? Ooh, I actually think it definitely helped the Lakers. Um, I think without the distractions, without as many media people there, and the fact that the bubble made the Nuggets the supernova dino Nuggets and taking care of the Clippers. I think that's how the, <laughs> the bubble helped them out. Well, I would I would counter the Nuggets because I actually thought 
the Nuggets were the Lakers equal for the most part, but absolutely got jobbed in two of the playoff games by the refs. And Ooh, was Kenny Maurer doing the jobbing? Uh, no, I don't think I don't think Kenny Maurer is officiating anymore. Oh man. Uh, who, who he played for like is uh, Del Boca Vista Condo Association, probably. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I I thought that, that that's probably a twofold. Yeah, I don't know if Denver gets by uh, the Clippers outside of the bubble, but I also really thought that the bubble didn't give Denver any home games against the Lakers, which hurt. Um, but, and I also think the biggest factor for the Lakers is they had a lot of old bodies and the lack of travel. I mean, an LA Miami series would have been a very travel intensive series. And I think it really helped them that they didn't have to travel as much as they would have, especially with LeBron and, you know, Danny green and, uh, and all the old guy, uh, Ray John Rondo, all the old guys the Lakers had. So, it, but it was an entertaining finals, and I, I don't, I, I will tell a Lakers fan face to face that their their trophy has an asterisk. But here on the podcast, I'm, I, I don't really care. I don't think it means any more or less than any other year's championship, except 2016, which stands above <clears throat> them all. It does. And by the way, Danny Green, the one that got away. <laughs> well, they so he'll be featured in who he played for <laughs> later later in this uh podcast, but uh it's it's been a whirlwind off season. I mean, we had in the space of a week uh a week and a half was draft free agency and Thanksgiving. <laughs> that was about it, right, Eli? Yep. It was pretty well. nuts. We had the draft on Wednesday and free agency started Friday. And and it was crazy. Even before Friday stuff was leaking. And I have you know, Nate, that I did watch um draft videos of the Cavs first round pick and talk myself his name? into him. Um it's like a Japanese <laughs> it's like a Japanese sounding last name. But he played for uh it's wait, actually I got this. Kenyan. Got this. He played for Oh no, Nigerian. I'm sorry. Did he play for Auburn? He did. Yes, I got it. Yeah, uh, he played for. I'm one for one. <laughs> Isaac Okoro. <laughs> Isaac Okoro. Okay. Well, you know, isn't there like a place in Japan called like um, Okoro? Like... Is a very uh, Japanese-sounding name, but he is, I believe, of Nigerian descent. Um, okay. I, I believe his parents are from Nigeria. So, yeah, born in Georgia okay. to Nigerian parents. Born uh, in Georgia, Africa, or Asia, or Georgia? No, like no America. State? Oh, okay. okay. A- Atlanta, Georgia. Gotcha. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I was... So how did you not end up at, like, Georgia Tech or... Auburn Georgia? is a good basketball school, I would say, after... I would say Auburn right now is on par with... Georgia as the mm. best uh basketball school in in the state and and well where is Auburn? That's like Alabama. <laughs> Alabama. No, it, so it's SEC, right? SEC. Yeah, one of the better basketball schools in the SEC. Now I got to look. I mean, Florida's probably better as a program. 
right? Yeah. Maybe. But they but... they've been in the you know the top two or three teams. SC is usually pretty good, but yeah, they've been in the top two or three teams in the SEC the last uh, couple years. So it is crazy thinking about. All I, these I was cats. thinking Auburn and uh, Alabama, but they're they're a better basketball school than Alabama for sure. How crazy it is thinking about all these guys that are now out of the league or are like super vets, like uh, Mike Conley, Al Horford, Joakim Noah. Well, all these Joe guys Noah just retired today. Was it today or yesterday? Oh, who he played yeah. for? His couch. But all those guys <laughs> that LeBron was like his fourth or fifth year in the league, and they were still in college. Yeah. And those guys are now like out of the league. Well, That's it's just, just insane. Crazy. Like I was thinking about the Cavs re-signed Delhi, and Delhi is like almost the bridge to the first and second LeBron eras because he came, he was a rookie the year LeBron left. When Dan Gilbert's, you know, masterstroke was that he was going to bring back Mike Brown, or was no, that he, no, 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 no? It was the year after Mike Brown. It was the year after uh, Byron Scott. <laughs> yeah, Captain uh, Captain Cross Arms. I forgot about Byron <laughs> Scott. Yes. Yeah, he um, just, man, that guy. He, you could mistake him for a statue. He just... But yeah, I mean, there's been guys whose whole careers have passed in the. Uh, in just the time that LeBron played for the Cavs and the uh, and the Lakers, so and I don't know if you heard the news, but LeBron signed a two-year extension in LA that will keep him there till 2023, and then AD signed a five-year, 190 million dollar extension today with a with a fifth-year option, <laughs> which is crazy. So if he opts well, out, geez. he'll be passing up. Forty-one you're million make, dollars. You're you're making who he play for really easy for me, giving me all these. That, no, no, no. <laughs> <This is, laughs> those are the easy ones. Those are the gimmies. So you should do a real or fake and say someone. Oh, we're gonna do that. If, if I even know if it's a player or not. <laughs> that was like the old Madden creative player. <laughs> so what I want to know is, is what happened to the Jazz? Because I thought them getting. <laughs> Conley was going to be, they were going to just get unlocked. Yeah. So that just didn't happen. Did they well, the problem the that happened with the da- the Jazz last year in the playoffs is they lost uh, Bojan Bogdanovich, who was pretty much their third best player. Not pretty much. I mean, he was their third best player, and they lost him for the rest of the season. And then Jordan Clarkson became their third best player, which is a Ooh, not that as That would have been a good who he play for. I forgot about Clarkson. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, Jazz had a had a good season, but Conley never was. He kind of started to bring it around towards the end of the year, but he was never. Uh, an all he never played like an all star there. Let's put it that way. Is uh, Ben Worth's all time favorite player Jeff Green still in the league? <sighs> did Jeff Green get signed? I think he Eli? did. <laughs> who he play for? <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I, I know, I know, I know who he plays for now. He plays for uh, the Nets. Okay, Kyrie and yeah. Those guys signed them. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the 2017 uh, Cavalier Jeff Green uh, plays plays for the Nets now. So, oh, you just ruined my best trade, though. I was gonna give you uh, the trade Kyrie Irving for. Um, oh, what, what did I say? Who, who did I say he was traded for? Russell. <sighs> Dang it! Now, now it's driving me nuts. 
I had a really good fake trade. Oh, Kyrie Irving for Paul George was the fake trade I was going to throw out there. And uh, that is a good fake trade. But, I like that fake trade. But uh, but Kyrie's still with the with the Nets. But we'll we'll get into that. So, um, yeah, stepping back, Isaac Okoro. I was super. It, I don't know, but I know the guy you wanted, Eli, was uh, on Onyeko Kongwu. Yep, <laughs> I would have failed. <laughs> is that a real? <laughs> Uh, yeah that was like the old madden creative player where you get two names that made like no sense together like lamar mecklenburg or something like that yeah onyeko kongu uh center for usc got drafted by atlanta the Cavs passed on him to take isaac okoro which a lot of people say is a very safe pick um Definitely has a real skill, which is defense, but a lot of upside offensively. A good athlete, very strong. Probably, the, I don't think anybody's going to argue that he was the strongest wing in the draft. Uh, he looks like he's built like a like a strong safety. So I'm going to make an argument and prove me wrong. There is no such thing as a safe pick. I, I, I would argue there's been like ten safe picks in the la- like in the last five years. I I don't think now. I mean, now you're probably right. Um, what was the last? Like even uh, Zion Williamson had a lot of you know injury concerns. I'm trying to think of. Well, who... I remember. I think it was uh, was it Jay Billis or Chad Ford. One of them had the biggest hard on for Michael Kidd Gilchrist <laughs> and used to, and used to say things like he's the most can't miss safest yeah. pick like of all time and it's well like, and really of wasn't. course that's a good comp because that's the knock on okoro was yeah, that he, he kind of has an unorthodox shooting style but nobody had a worse jump shot than the michael kill gilkers is the most screwed up jump shot i've ever seen i mean like uh who who was the guy that played bill cartwright had a better and <laughs> joe noah had better jump shots than michael like his elbow goes the wrong way <laughs> like, yeah, it does. I can see yeah. throwing that elbow out to the right, but throwing <laughs> it over to the left, it just uh, it makes me hurt just to watch. I know, him. I know. It is it is awkward to yeah. watch him. Yeah, so Ico Coro does not have that. He he said he's improved it, so I'm I'm excited about the pick. I think he's probably the strongest guard in the league. Good motor. Um he and um Colin Sexton are good friends. Didn't they play in high school together or something like that? Eli? Yeah, they like they like played against each other because they're both in the like Atlanta hoop circuit. Yeah. So um So they yeah. know each other. Yeah, I think uh yeah, he's he's a big fan. Uh so I liked the pick. I mean I was really my thing was don't screw it up. Uh don't take LaMelo Ball, don't take Obi Toppin, don't take um Danny Abdija. I mean all all these three of those guys, I think, had major flaws. Obi Toppin can't play defense. Danny Avdija isn't good at anything, and you know Lamelo Ball is a ball. So, as long as they didn't get one of those three guys, yeah. I, I was happy. Yeah, and so, well, like I said, I talked myself into him, which yeah, you know, Although, that should scare everyone out in Blogland since I talked myself into uh, Gumdrop Bear. Yeah, well, the neck the Knicks supposedly are saying that um Obi Toppin has 
franchise level athleticism is is the word that they used. <laughs> we'll see what that means. Um, well, so, so is he the foil to Okoro? Basically, like he's totally the opposite. He's offensive juggernaut that can't guard a traffic cone, and yeah, it's kind of like it's yeah. so funny because you look at these guys, and it's like depending on your argument, you could say, oh, well, he doesn't have a position. You know, he's too he's too small to be a four, and he's too slow to be a three. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean you look at someone like Draymond Green and it's like, well, that, you know, still to there me, was a one of the lot most... of those guys in the draft this year. I mean, you, you had OB top and is he a four or a five? You know, who does he play on defense? You had, uh, uh, you know, a Kongu, is he a four or a five? You had, uh, who was the other guy that was, Oh, uh, Halliburton, the guy I loved was a point guard who couldn't get his own shot. <laughs> so he's he yeah, score he he doesn't have the ball in his hands to that's score. That's a relic of the past. But he's a really good passer. But he's also a really good catch and shoot guy. So he can he can pass, but he doesn't score well off the dribble. So it was a who's weird last, draft for sure. This is the last point guard that couldn't create his own shot that was good. That Jason was Kidd, Ray John Rondo. <laughs> that's a good point. But I is mean, Ray John although Rondo he could good? drive, he, but he is was he a, good. Decent. Well, he's been around a while. Yeah, Rayshon Rondo, I think, is good. I mean, he'll probably have his number retired by the Celtics. Well, maybe not the Celtics, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, Rayshon Rondo is kind of a career mercenary, though. Too. He won't have his number retired by the Mavericks. No, no, he quit in the middle of the playoffs. But um, so yeah, I loved Ico Coro, and then of course, Eli. What what's your Ico Coro take? Yeah, I mean, I. I liked him as a prospect. I think he his fit with the Cavs was probably one of the best um, because of his defense and his motor. And, but, you know, and the I Cavs' just, real need for a guy at the wing. Yeah, I mean, the Cavs just need a guy who's over six foot two at this point. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, I that could I be just, you. That could be you, ECK. Could it could be me? Me and Ezk little... finally met in the flesh, and he is definitely like a foot taller than I expected. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how you fit in that sedan, man. <laughs> we did the bro hug, and I was so like, "How tall are you, yes. Eli?" He's like six six. Nice. No, I'm not that tall. I'm man, six, I never like... realized Eli's got like... some offensive tackle capability. No, I mean he's literally the Korean Channing Fry. It's no joke. <laughs> I'm a legit like six in the old NBA. I could say I could. Sit, I would say I'm six five, but with measurements now, being <laughs> the no shoes measurements. Yeah, you're well, six that, three and a half. Like My favorite of all time was when oh god, who <laughs> Nate and names again? Um, who's the guy? Jay Crowder. He had two different measurements, and one was six three, and then he came back a day later and measured six seven. Like they put him on the rack for twenty four hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was always fun those crazy outlier measurements that you'd yeah. be like, "What?" Well, and then you like had the ones that really were crazy, like uh, Giannis and his eleven inch you know, between his thumb and his pinky finger. And they're like, no, there's no way that can be real. And he's like, yeah, that's absolutely real. 
Well, remember how like every year LeBron would grow taller, even though he was like twenty eight. It's like people don't keep growing, man. And he'd be like, "Oh, now he's six nine and a half." <laughs> but like, KD what? did that. KD was like six nine when he came in the league, and supposedly he's seven foot now. But they they measure him down. So I don't think KD is seven feet. That, that, I mean, that's I don't, I don't know either. Well, it, now that he's had you know leg work done, he's a little taller on one one leg. So. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I, I. So, Iko Koro, you were talking, Eli. Sorry. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, good, good fit pick. You know, I do think he does have a little bit of an upside component, especially because his offense, the game was, you know, not as good as most top five draft picks uh, are. So, I think he does have upside there because he's not a ball stopper. He doesn't dribble there out the ball. Um, but on the flip side, you know, I think the, the downside scenario is he's a three and D guy that can't, can't shoot. So, um, there is obviously some risk in that, but I, I think it was a good pick. I mean, like I, like you mentioned, Okongwu was my preference, especially the way the board shook out or, you know, possibly trading down and getting a Coro later or. You know, even possibly if you trade down, you take the sell. I thought those were could have been better options depending on what you get back in the trade. But you know, you can't get upset with uh, with with what happened if, without knowing all the facts. Uh, yeah, and I'm trying to think. Like there was some crazy. The draft was pretty nuts. A lot of parties with no one wearing a mask, which drove me nuts. Um, you know, a lot of draft parties where everybody where there's like 20 people just milling around. Uh, the ball family party seemed uh, very uh, mask-free. And then what, who's the big surprise that the Bulls took? Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams. The Bulls took a guy who didn't even start for Florida at number four, which, you know. Ooh, a, a Dion Waiters pick. A Dion Waiters-style yeah. pick, yeah. And was it Dion? Wasn't Dion number four? Yes, Wasn't it was. AD, yeah. MKG? Uh, the guy we all wanted, Brad Beal, and then we got Waiters at four instead of Drummond, but we got Drummond now, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Drummond went to Detroit, yeah. See, look at that. I got a mind like a steel trap. Dion Waiters, six man. <laughs> yeah. Did Dion just win a ring, or was he on the heat? Dion won this, a ring. So this was a Verjao in reverse situation? Well, that he was... was on the heat. They yeah, really the was. Lake, Although so he, he did he, I don't know if he played no, he was three minutes to, in the finals. He was traded to someone else, and then they released him, and he he was signed. Yeah, he signed with. Did the Lakers, he? So, so but in he would have gotten minutes, a ring either way. So in Correct. that three minutes, did he stand out in the wing and call for the ball while LeBron <laughs> <laughs> surveyed? No, LeBron was not on the floor in the three minutes he no. played. I think it was all garbage time. The Lakers ran a pretty short rotation. Neither JR nor Deion Waiters uh, <laughs> played. <laughs> there, wasn't there another guy that also played for the Heat earlier in the record? No, J.R. Smith didn't play for the Heat last year. Oh, for the Heat, sorry. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. It doesn't matter at this point. Yeah, it doesn't matter, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely like the Verjao situation where he could have had a ring either way. So, um, Hashtag never trade Andy. But then I think the rest of the draft shook out 
Uh, you were a little disappointed, Eli, that the Cavs didn't make a move to get back into the draft. Um, and then Eli was basically, I think, going crazy over free agency weekend when all these moves were happening and the Cavs were literally doing almost nothing. Um, and, and I, you want to recap the Cavs, uh, moves from NBA free agency? For a because there were oh, many. Man. How many? How many were there? There were so many moves. Well, they like four. The, like you can do them on yeah. one hand. Well, the big signing was Damian Dotson, right? Would you agree with that? Well, I think the big news for Cavs free agency is that okay, who's who is Tristan Thompson playing for now, Tom? Um. Okay. Let me see if I can guess. <laughs> I, I don't he, think he can guess, do you, Eli? So I don't think he's going to get so it. So he's a, he's a free he's agent. No he's no longer a, a Cav. Let's put it that way. All right. Um, the Cavs elected me, not to re-sign him. Give me um, just the terms of his deal. Let me see if Two I can guess. Two years, $18 million, around there. Per no. year or total? Total. Total. Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, uh, like Portland? No. No, it's it's somebody that you're gonna be like, really? It it is the Boston Celtics. Oh, I was just gonna say that. Yeah. <laughs> when you said really, I was just gonna say Boston. Okay. Yeah. Actually I think it's a great signing for Boston because Boston's biggest problem last year was uh Hopefully they, Al, uh hopefully um their, their biggest problem was Al Horford, because T T's the Al Horford stopper. <laughs> no, Al Horford is he like a coach now? No. Oh, Tom, you're so pretty. <laughs> Where's Al Horford? Is he still so, playing? Yes, he is. So Al Horford signed a huge deal, like four years. I remember. $80 million with the Sixers last year. And that was only last year? I thought that, that was, was like four years ago. Well, last year deal. feels like four years ago. That's true. That's and true. he was awful. And then he got – so basically the – Thunder blew it up and traded everybody for draft picks and took on bad contracts. So he is now a Thunder, um, Ooh, a member of the a, Oklahoma City Thunder. So nice. And so and then is of the, course is the process has the process flamed out in uh, Philadelphia. Well, so Daryl Morey left Houston, and um, you know after Hong Kong Gate, and yeah. then. Uh, retired to spend more time with his family and also be a consultant for the Warriors. And then a week later, signed with the Philadelphia 76ers to run okay. their team and completely reshape their team in about five minutes. So really? Yeah. Yeah. They have a lot more shooting now. Um, the answer of who he coached for, for them is Doc Rivers now. So, oh, okay. I kind of like that. Doc is like he 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 waxes and wanes, right? He's overrated and then he's underrated. I think overall he's a he's a decent coach personally. But so so I'm guessing question, his stock is low right now since the uh, Clippers played well, out. Yeah, but he got signed by the Sixers, so it can't be that low. So question: Who is coaching the Sixers now? Is it the old seventy Sixers coach? No, no, it is NBA. Wait, wait, wait. It's an ah, NBA ah, champion. Ah, let's put it that way, as a coach NBA. and a player. It's an NBA champion as a coach and a player. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um. <gasps> Teron Lou. Teron Lou. There you go. Oh yes. <laughs> so I'm happy T. for Teron Lou. 
Yeah, yeah. Me too. And it goes I lo- to I the most like it used to be that KD and Kyrie was the most dysfunctional NBA locker room, but that's it's hard to pick the most dysfunctional NBA locker room now. But by all accounts, that just, Clippers locker room was a mess in the bubble. The and, Cavs locker room in 2017 before the deal. <laughs> Uh, to get, you know, when they, when they got rid of 2016 and all that. No, it was 20. Well, well, yeah, it was like December, 2016, January, 2017. That had to be the most dysfunctional. I mean, weren't the Cavs getting blown out by like garbage teams at that point? And they were like 20 and 23 before they, uh, which year after the year after they won the title. Oh yeah. Yeah. That year. But I was thinking of Channing Fry. So <laughs> So did you hear the story, Eli, that came out of Channing about Channing Fry on the low post about the Cavs' big the secret to their 2016 championship? What was it? It was giant poops before game time <laughs> for the players. That was their big secret. Because <laughs> it made them all feel lighter. <laughs> It's like taking the donut off your back before the game. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh dropping I read that donut, I read that one today. I was like, "Wow." So you where were we before? <laughs> so yeah, Tristan Thompson is a uh Celtic and then that that was the big move and then uh, Eli, you want to go through, yeah, Damian Dotson from the Knicks, and then who else did they get? You didn't want to save one for the Tom? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, you, we know they re-signed Delhi, so I was super excited about that. Um, And then the one guy that Tom might know got signed to the training camp squad. He's on a training camp contract. And then did they sign anybody else with a, that... Oh, oh, yeah, no, there's a guy. Yeah, we got to play who he played for in that later. Yeah, now I now I know. So they traded Alfonso McKinney and Jordan Bell, who was never actually played a game with them, but he they traded those guys, and they got a player who I think you'll will be my favorite blog or my favorite live thread guy since uh, Keish Chris. <laughs> I forgot the Cavs had him for a hot second. Yeah, and every time he would do something inexplicable, (laughs) I would just post a picture of Keish on the, on the, yeah. Uh, I remember like four, three, four years ago, Brian Windhorst saying, look out for Marquise Chris. He's got some, he's got some talent. Oh, and the best was when Marquise Chris got, and, um, oh, who was it? Serge Ibaka got thrown out for fighting. And again, that was the highlight of Marquise Chris's uh, Cavs career was getting thrown out along with Serge Ibaka against Toronto. So there's a good who he played for. Who's Serge Ibaka play for now? Oh, yeah. Signed I, I, as someone, a free agent. Yeah, someone told me, and I, they told me the amount, and I thought it, I mean, if Ibaka's still as good as he was the last couple of years, it seemed like a decent deal. Did he go to uh, Phoenix? Mm. Phoenix did something crazy. Did they get Chris Paul? They did, yeah. Okay, all right. Serge Ibaka, did he go to Miami? Eli, where did Serge Ibaka go? He went to the Clippers. 
okay. Yeah, which actually is a solid signing. And then... Well, wait, what happened to uh, Harrell at the Clippers, like, sixth <laughs> so, man of the year? So apparently he is LeBron James's next-door neighbor. And LeBron James went next door, knocked on his door, and told him to join the Lakers. That's the story LeBron James told yesterday. <laughs> He's he signed as a free agent with the Lakers? Um, I think it was a free agent. Yeah, he got the mid-level yeah. from the Lakers. Yeah. Oh, God. Do I ever want to know what the mid-level is right now? Nine million, I think. I remember when it was five. <laughs> I remember when it was three. The good old days. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, that was uh, the Cavs had a pretty. If you liked last year's Cavs team, it's not much different. Um, the big. Remember when the Cavs offered the full mid level to Antonio McDice, and he took less money to stay with the Pistons? <laughs> that really pissed me off. I uh, I don't remember that, but if you read it, there was a great. Um... Eli, you would have been like a teenager then. Colin McGowan wrote a great series during the off season about like forgotten NBA pasts, basically, and and one of them was on Antonio McDice. So he was solid. Yeah, he was a solid player. What were you What were you saying, Eli? I was just chuckling at Tom's uh, ages and joke. Yeah, <laughs> I feel so old lately. <laughs> it's just somebody in Cavs Twitter was talking about how they graduated in 2012 the other day, and I was just like, I hate you. Or today. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, so if you liked the Cavs last year, there's they're not much different other than not having Tristan Thompson, which is a big difference. I, I think the one thing I'll say about Thompson is he was starting to show his age, especially on back-to-backs. Like, I didn't feel like Thompson ever really could play two or three good games in a row. Like, he would have one good game, and then he'd kind of have a stinker, and then he'd have a decent game. And, like, I never felt like Thompson had the stamina to string, you know, four or five good games together anymore. Isn't he, like, 29? Yeah, I believe that he is, yeah. How's he old? That's not old. Well, he played. Remember, he didn't miss a game for like five years. Um, yeah, that's true. He was an Iron Man he, for a while. He did have some injury issues, but um, we'll we'll see how he holds up in Boston. I hope he starts. I mean, Daniel Tice was the worst player in the Eastern Conference Finals that started uh, last year, and so is Melo the oldest player in the league right now. Who is the oldest player in the league? I don't know. Um, no, no, no. I know the answer, I think. Because Vince Carter retired, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's the answer, Eli? I think it's Udonis Haslam. He, that's right. He came back for one more year, didn't he? Yeah. Because yeah. Miami Miami is very much, um, <laughs> as I said, they're up their own asses. <laughs> I mean, he's going to be just come up, he's going to become an assistant coach, right? M- Miami, Miami fans are even more insufferable than they ever were right now. Yeah. So, I didn't know Miami had fans. I thought they just Well, they're good now, so they have fans. <laughs> so, I mean, Miami was in the finals, but it was one of the weirder, flukier finals runs ever. And I like the team. I like the guys on the team, but I don't think they're I think repeating will be difficult for them, but you know, playoff bud is a thing and and playoff uh president stevens is a thing so we'll see how that shakes out for them um 
yeah, so the Cavs didn't do much else beyond that. Resigned Delhi, resigned some training camp guys. Um, w- Wait, w- did Dirk retire? <laughs> like three years ago, Tom. No, it wasn't three years ago. It was it. Yes, it was. <laughs> when did Dirk retire? No way. It wasn't <laughs> three at years least ago. No. <laughs> he played in 2018-2019. No, he did not. Yes, he did. He, he played did. 51 Okay, games. he played in 2019. You're jeez, oh Pete. It feels like 5 years ago, doesn't it, Eli? <laughs> he is, this was the first year he didn't play. You guys need to chill. <laughs> it does it God, that was a long year. <laughs> It was a long season, right? It's it, the was, it was the longest calendar season in NBA history, for yeah. sure. It's the longest and the shortest offseason, depending on which team you were rooting for. <laughs> That's true. So Vin Sanity called it, hung it up after this called year. Called it a he's career. Gonna, he's going to retire. He only needed 19 more games to tie uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for number of games. Yeah, for I second. feel like that's Parrish a record you should let Kareem keep. Well, Robert Parrish is one. Kareem's two, Vinsanity's three, Dirk is four. Nice. And then the next active player is not LeBron. It's Jamal Crawford. He is older than LeBron. Yeah, but I think he's done. Well, he only played one game this year for Brooklyn. Six minutes. Well, thankfully. But he went two for four. What the heck? Get him in there. Thankfully, Vince (laughs) Carter is now employed by ESPN, so... Maybe it means we will not see Jalen Rose or Paul Pierce or uh, who's the other? Oh, uh, Chauncey Billups this year, who is my least favorite triumvirate, triumvirate of NBA uh, analysts ever. Those yeah, guys Paul are Pierce is all bad. homers, and I hate them. Paul Pierce is bad. Yeah, no, they're all bad. Yeah. Anyway. I, Chauncey's not that bad, but it's like the no, other two guys bring out the worst in him, too. So. I feel like T-Mac's not terrible, but I don't. he doesn't ever say anything insightful. Yeah, no, he doesn't. And, and actually, one of my favorite is Kevin Garnett, who is like oh, yeah. so ridiculous. Like, <laughs> Real talk, yeah. <laughs> like, Kevin Garnett is like the guy from the Key and Peele sketch. It would just say, the artist formerly known as Mouse Cop. <laughs> I, I don't... <laughs> I don't know how KG hasn't said something live that's gotten him in trouble. Uh, he he yeah. must be really shrewd because he, <laughs> I, I, I'm always watching him, waiting for him to say something really inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Do you remember I think that, that guy would commercial be... with Stefan Marbury? No, I don't remember that. You don't remember that? All nude. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember that commercial? No, I don't. Now I got to look it up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Eli, do you remember that? You were like five, I think, when that came out. <laughs> I don't remember it. Though. Yeah, but he was six foot tall. He was. <laughs> so yeah, Eli, was, was were Kevin Garnett? Was it Marbury or was it? Um, I think it was Marbury. Yeah, because he was a T Wolf for um, before he got traded to the Knicks or the Suns, then the Knicks. Anyway, um, it was Eli, like all nude, tastefully done. That's what they just kept saying. <laughs> I thought. I thought it yeah. was. Well, that was back it... when. Yeah, that was back before. Anybody could look at anything they wanted with like three button clicks on their web browser, so, <laughs> so yeah, that that held more cachet then than it does now. Um, oh yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it. W- but this is the best part of the blog where we just look stuff up and stammer. 
Well, I'm trying to find it. I remember. I was, I was a kid. So while like, Tom's looking that up, Eli. I was like 13, and I was like, wait, did they just say what I thought they said? While Tom's looking that up, Eli, um, I know you were pretty frustrated there in the Cavs, the offseason or the free agency period. You want to talk about that at all? How does that make you feel, as my therapist would say? Yeah, I mean, I just thought the Cavs have unique opportunities to get involved in all these sign-in trades. And I think they kind of just weren't willing to take a risk. Um, and I thought, you know, that my I think my biggest gripe with Kobe Altman's regime of the Cavaliers is he wants you to think he's like some super smart guy with a big plan and Dan Gilbert is somehow sold that this is like the smart guy he's ever had as GM. But the dude just keeps banking on uh, a strategy of keeping keep accumulating assets, and he has not yet cashed in anything of significant value. I mean, of course, the Andre Drummond situation is still pending, and theoretically that's potentially the biggest thing he's done in terms of a trade, I think. Yeah, I mean, it was a big um, upside for a second-round pick, but it's a large salary this year. Correct. And and there was... Look, I, I, sorry, go ahead. The Corver and George Hill trade, like, two, two seasons ago, I guess. I mean, those were good trades because they got us the Milwaukee first, which, you know, is, is something. But I just think if you look back and think about the Kyrie trade now, it just makes you even feel worse because you see guys like Drew Holiday going for five control over five first round picks. What do yeah. we get? We get, we got one. So yeah. no, I, I agree with you and a guy with a bad hip. <laughs> and then yeah. have you heard, um, uh, Isaiah Thomas is saying like, I'm finally healthy. I'm finally healthy. I can help a team now. I haven't been healthy in three years. So I'll believe so, that if I ever see it. It's just, it's just, he just hasn't made any moves that really, uh, impress me, and I also think he gets like kind of scared when there's like a chance to take a risk. I mean, I think in the Colin Sexton draft, I thought the player that the Cavs really liked, and all the reporting seemed like they liked him too, was Shea Gilgus Alexander. But they were like, scared to pull the trigger because he came out and said that he didn't want to play for them. But like, when in the NBA has a like a mid to late lottery prospect being able to control their destiny? You know, like it made no sense to me that that was like the big deterrent. Felt yeah, like. I don't, I don't and, know the answer to that. I mean, I, that's a that's a two edge or double edged thing. I mean, do you want a guy who doesn't want to be here, but the other side of that, be, and possibly won't work out for you, but the other side of that being, if that's the guy you think is the best player, why wouldn't you take him? Yeah. So I, truthfully, I like Colin Sexton the person a lot. I hope player that he is becoming is is a player that you know can provide winning we haven't seen that in the first two years but we've definitely seen noticeable improvements in his game so and you know his work ethic is reportedly legendary so i'm i'm hoping we see it um but yeah i'm with you i feel like he unless it's an absolute sure thing he doesn't take calculated risks yeah i mean it, it it reminds me a little bit of Danny Ainge 
uh, who Danny Ainge would never leverage all his assets to go get a star or something like that. I mean, the closest he ever did was Kyrie. Um, mm-hmm. And then he ended up with all these draft picks and ended up with three first-round picks in the worst draft in 20 years this year. <laughs> so, yeah, um, you know, you can't punt forever. Eventually, you got to try and score. <laughs> And you know who else is experiencing this right now? It's the Celtics. I mean, they've oh, accumulated all these assets, and they can't, like, make any moves, even though they had three draft picks from 14 to 30 this year. They couldn't find anyone to trade up. No, to. nobody wanted them, and, and teams are carrying rosters below the uh, below the roster limits because they don't want to pay salaries because the, the league's finances are kind of crazy. But I think you're going to see all these teams end up having to go to their max roster spots. Uh, and it's probably going to be because guys are going to be sitting out with COVID, to be honest with you, at least until <laughs> um, the vaccines all. And I'm sure they'll be on the second plane load after all the politicians get vaccines. It'll be all the athletes. Uh, and the celebrities. Start getting, yeah. Start getting the vaccines. But um yeah, I, I think you're going to see, but I agree with you about the Celtics. I mean, especially now that Kemba's got a bulky knee and had to have a stem cell shot in his knee, which is a little scary. And, uh, you know, as, as a lot of people have said, they're kind of a bunch of tryhards based around two really good wings. So, and the fact that Tristan Thompson is light years better as a starting center than Reggie Tice or Daniel Tice kind of tells you everything you need to know. So, I mean, yeah. I, I felt like if they had a, if they could actually buy a rebound and have some solid center play, they could have beaten Miami fairly, fairly solidly in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. But they just Miami just killed them on the boards. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but on the you know the other thing about Boston is you know while they definitely hit on. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart. You know, it just shows how hard it is to to build a team from scratch. I mean, those three pit players, like, you would have to give up a King's Ransom for any of them. But, you know, for me, I think the challenge with the Cavs is I don't think the Cavs have a single player at the level of, uh, like, a Marcus Smart right now that they drafted and developed. I, I, and, I would put Larry, well... Yeah, not that they draft and develop, no, but I'd put Larry Nance kind of at the Marcus Smart level. But, you know, high-level role player, let's put it that way. Like, not a guy who's probably going to make an all-star game, but a guy who can definitely help you win in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, and, and you and I talked a lot about, like, what is your grade for an NBA player right now? And it's could this guy see rotation minutes in a finals game? Like that's the kind of player that you want to be drafting and developing. And I don't know if the Cavs have that many of those players right now. And I think that's their biggest problem. The flip side of that being, you know, it's looking like the Cavs are going to be one of the three or four worst teams in the East again this year, unless these guys just take an absolute quantum leap uh, in terms of basketball ability between last year and this year. Um, And that's not necessarily a bad thing because as bad as this year's draft is, next year's draft 
uh, looks like one of the best since, you know, 2003. So, so that, that's the one thing I'll give Kobe Altman credit for. If there was a year you were going to just kind of fold them and, and hold them close to the vest, this is probably the year. So, and, and like, you look at a team like Atlanta, who's going all in with a bunch of free agency signings. I, I don't know if that, if getting to the eighth seed in the playoffs is worth all that. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I kind of see Atlanta's plan though. I think they're they're kind of banking on, hey, we have the space now. We have a guy we can trade for something. Might not be a great return, but they have John Collins. They're going to do something with next year. You think they're going to trade him? I think they're going to be forced to because I don't think they can. They'll either have to trade him or Danilo. I feel like to because they kind of they pretty the much both play power forward, right? Yeah, and both can't play the five. Both well, really and they're starting the five. They traded for uh, who'd they trade for? They traded for Capella last yeah. year. So, so and you're not gonna you're not gonna displace him at five, so Yeah. Do you think Collins can play the three? I don't think so. I mean he shoots well enough to be like like a three on all like he can shoot be a corner shooter on for a three. But I don't think he can uh, defend any threes. Yeah, I, I think it's really hard to play Capella and Collins and Gallinari at the same time because they're all pretty upright players. And any guy that can put it on the floor is, is there is going to give them problems or, you know, any switches is going to give them problems yeah. with those lineups. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. I And he's eligible for an extension, isn't he? Correct. Yeah, he's eligible this year. And he hasn't gotten one, not, not one of these – Guys, that has gotten an extension, and I, I think, of course, the steroid suspension last year uh, is is looms large for him, and is a big. Well, I guess it wasn't steroids; it was HGH, but still, is a kind of a big red flag on his file for a lot of teams, and probably possibly for Atlanta. But yeah, I don't know if going all in to make the eighth seed is is the best move right now. So we'll see what happens. Um, anything else you want to say about the Cavs kind of quote unquote off season? Um, uh, I will say the one thing, well, I don't know why I asked you this question and I started answering. I'm sorry, Eli. Just, <laughs> just tell me to shut up and stop bloviating. I'll tell you. Well, I know you <laughs> will, but I don't listen to you, but I listen to my boy Eli here. <laughs> no, you can go ahead. Oh, I'm I was just going to say. Point. The, the kind of the one big piece of news out of the Cavs quote unquote bubble is that Darius Garland looked really good, looked like he put on some muscle, um, looked a lot more confident. So I'm really excited to see that and see what he looks like playing. Um, and I'm I'm excited to see Isaac Okoro. So we'll we'll kind of see how that shapes up. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll, I will say one more last thing, and this is be my kind of last gripe about Kobe Allman. <laughs> so his whole team building is picking the best players available, and he wants to try to be, like, smarter than everyone else. I get it. And, you know, he keeps bringing up the Toronto backcourt with Van Fleet and Lowry yeah. and the Lillard, back, Lillard McCollum backcourt, right? Yeah. Now, Toronto won a championship. 
but they did not win because of that backcourt. No, they like, got, yeah. They won because they had freaking Kawhi Leonard. And yeah. if anything in the last 20 years of the NBA has taught us, you can't, it's hard to win a championship unless you have that wing player that can get a bucket for you. When you need it. He, yep. When you need it. Or he's like the ultimate uh, Swiss Army knife like LeBron James. I mean, like, if we want to, if the Cavs are trying to be some smart team that's going to try to game the system, we have two small guards that on their own are probably ne- are at the best. The best case scenario is Darius Garland turns into Dame Lillard. And what does that get you? A first round exit. Like, I just don't get the, yeah the whole team building logic there. Yeah. And it just seems like, the Cavs are willing to just stick, like keep going down this path to cover their own ass on all these. Well, you know, my take on this, it's that they're starting a backcourt that loses games on purpose because they are tanking, you know, and I, I, I feel like that's the same strategy this year. And the, like the Lowry, um, Fred Van Vliet comparison is so weird because a Lowry is one of the strongest guards, you know, ever in the NBA, uh, you know, at least in the last 10 years, the, the two strongest guards that I can think of are Lowry and Delhi. Uh, and so Lowry plays a lot bigger than his six one size because he is so strong, especially in the lower body, which a lot of guards at size just aren't. Um, and then Van Vliet is such like, is a good compliment to him. But as you said, that's not why they won. It's because they got a six-seven wing, who's probably the second best wing of the last ten years. You know, after yeah. LeBron. You know, so it's just frustrating that that's like, yeah. And then now they're talking about Miami culture. That's kind of their <sighs> their theme this this uh, the this offseason. The yeah, that's like Jamie, emulating Jamie Miami. Bickerstaff has been saying that's a culture we want to emulate, and I'm like. Yeah, let's not draft a six-one point guards back to back. Maybe that's how we can start emulating yeah, the Miami I, Heat. Like I was thinking about starting lineups, and if I was going to run a starting lineup for the Cavs, I would definitely if if you're committed to starting Okoro at the three, I would definitely start Chetty Osman at the two. Then all of a sudden, hey, you got a six-nine guy, and I've always said, you know, Chetty Osman is a lot like. Um, oh, who was the guy that was with the Cavs for their hot minute and then went to Portland from the Jazz? <sighs> it's gonna drive me nuts. <laughs> anyway, um, he's he is a six nine guard. He is not a six nine. Rodney, Rodney Hood. Yeah, he is a guy that plays down a little bit. Like he's much better as a tall guard than as a kind of underpowered wing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean him and a lot of Europeans are like, like him and Sadoransky. I think are kind of like that. Exactly, exactly. Except yeah. Sadoransky actually plays guard. Correct. Um, he can actually dribble better. Yeah. Although I don't think Chetty's the worst dribbler. Although he is, he is a little sloppy at times. But yeah, I I was like, if you wanted to win, that's who you do. And and it's a little bit like what what I was yelling at Beeline for for two thirds of a season last year before. Bickerstaff finally did it, you know, playing Larry Nance some at the three. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how 
their lineup shake out this year and how much Garland and Sexton actually play together. But I, I think you'll see it more than you might think you would just because they kind of got to figure out whether it works. But the other question is, is so say you started like an Okoro or a Windler or a Chetty Osman at the two. So who sits Garland or Sexton? You know, that that's a tough conversation to have for sure, which is probably why neither of them sit. <laughs> and, and part of it is because they are trying to build their value. So, so we'll see what happens. Um, Tom, did you did you find your commercial? I posted it in the chat. <laughs> nice. Okay, let me <laughs> let me pull it up here. Turn up a sound so we can pipe <laughs> it in. I'll see. I'll see if it'll pipe in. Yeah, I'm gonna play it. Can you hear? Hold on one second. ESPN magazine is gonna be fat, but please, no swimsuits. Yeah, no bikinis. No one piece. No thongs. None of that. All new. Can you hear? No, we can't hear it. Okay. Rest in peace, Alex Trebek, American hero, Canadian hero too. Oh, you're talking over it. Dang it! So it'll be on the podcast, but you guys talked over it. So the funny thing is, is they talk about all nude, tastefully done for ESPN the magazine, which they ended up doing for like five, six years. Yeah. Um, which is kind of hilarious, but then now ESPN the magazine isn't a thing anymore. So, oh, so, so sad. Yeah, no, and I, I will. The one thing I was thinking about when you were talking about Danny Ainge was, you know, even the sports guy admitted last week that Danny Ainge treating every player like an asset and not a person is kind of burning them with players right now. Like they can't get people to sign with them or commit with them or work with them. And the whole, uh, you know, Gordon Haywood situation is kind of an example of that. So, so here's a trivia question for well, you. Well, I was going to give you a who he played for, but give me the trivia I'm going to give you first. a trivia question first. Who was the third baseman? Oh, jeez. Uh, on the opposing team, I think it might have been the Royals, when uh, Len Barker threw a perfect game for the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> Eli? You got I have no there? idea. I don't even know who Len Barker is. So. What? He's the last Indian, or maybe the only Indian, to throw a perfect game. When, when did that happen? 1981. <laughs> She's so Pete Tom. Oh, it was the Blue Jays. It was the Blue Jays. May 15th, 1981. It'll be the uh, it was Danny Ainge. The... It was Danny Ainge. Yeah, yeah. That, okay. It all comes together. Yeah, because yeah, Danny good. Ainge was a baseball player before he was a basketball player. Yep. And he didn't get the last guy to do that, um, did Pat Connaughton play in the majors at all, Eli? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, because Pat Connaughton was a, a baseball player, as was uh, third-round draft pick Trajan Langdon, uh, was was also drafted by MLB. Well, you want a you want a strange Pat Connaughton fact? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, in the 2015 NBA draft combine, guess who broke the record for the vertical? Pat Connaughton. Pat Connaughton. Believe it or not. Yeah, a and, lot of white man can't jump jokes came out obviously because of that. But, it but did any magic carpet memes come out like when uh, um, 
Oh, what's his face for the Timberwolves jumped that we that I wanted us to draft and keep Wiggins? instead of trade for Kevin Love. Yeah, we were wrong. Wiggins, <laughs> Wiggins, name, name, name. <laughs> hey, I got it right. Yeah, I did not want us to trade Wiggins, but yeah, we that were was wrong. The right Tom. move. We, it was the right move, and. So did you see, Eli, the RPM projection that came out for uh, the NBA playoffs this coming year? And what did they predict uh, Golden State as an eighth seed? No, I did not yeah. see that. Um, yeah, let me let me pull this up. Because I don't... Re- yeah, they had Golden State looking to get just 46 and a half wins. Um and they had him playing the Clippers in the first round as an eight seed, uh, just via RPM projections and the fact that Clay Thompson is out for the season. So I actually think that's not the worst projection. I'm a little like Golden State. So uh, interesting who he played for. Golden State's starting lineup is Steph. Uh, probably Kelly Oubre, uh, Wiggins, Dre, and then who's their starting center, Eli? Ooh, is it it's, uh, Wiseman, isn't it? Oh, yeah, and James Wiseman, who they drafted. Mm-hmm. So unless Wiseman is ridiculously good, I don't – and they don't just don't have the bench that they had in earlier seasons. So I don't know if Golden State's going to be as good as they hope they're going to be. I think – well, obviously that Clay Thompson – injury really hurt them well you know it's interesting you say that because you know the rpm data from the games that those guys all did play was really bad which is obviously yeah i don't know how far back it was projected but yeah they but yeah it was skewed by how in the tank they were that last year for sure yeah but the uh the interesting thing was i was just curious for my own benefit but did you know steph curry only averaged like barely over 20 points in the eight games he was healthy for. Like, that was a weird stat that I ran across. And then, obviously, yeah, but I don't think they like played horrendous. a ton of minutes either. Yeah, but I was just surprised that it was that low, considering I thought, like, they were still trying to go for it at that time. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what they do, for sure. Uh, I think they're not remotely in the running in the West right now. Like, if they were smart, they would find a way. I don't know what their lottery projections are, but they would find a way to put everybody on the shelf again this year. <laughs> but They also have Minnesota's pick, too, this year. Yeah, so. exactly. So, um, And them getting the second pick of the draft. I actually think Wiseman's a really good fit for them, uh, culturally and, and as a, uh, you know, fills a need at center. So I'm a, I'm a little annoyed that the Warriors got a player that good. So or that has the potential to be that. Let's put it that way. So let's play some who he play for because I feel like uh, the, All right. this is getting a little. <laughs> Were you was that you rubbing your hands or Eli? I sure was. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, let's think of some free agents here, Eli. We've got so Gordon Hayward. Uh, opted out of his contract with the Celtics for $31 million. Everybody was pretty surprised um, until who signed him. 
Uh... <laughs> okay, you know, we got to give you a time limit here. We, San we gotta... Antonio. No, San Antonio doesn't have the cap room. Uh, Houston. <laughs> nope, he went in conference. Oh, okay. Um, let's see, he was on Boston. Did he go to... Oh, it feels like a Michael Jordan move. Did he go to It was Charlotte? a Michael Jordan move. Very good. Ooh, went, wow. Nailed it. Third he track, went to the Charlotte track. Hornets, and <laughs> this was the sign-in trade that you wanted the Cavs to get in on, Eli, to kind of get uh, Tristan Thompson in there for uh, as part of that. But uh, they, they opted not to do that, and they I can't remember what happened to Nick Batum, but he got bought out or stretched. And then... Uh, yeah, Gordon Hayward is a Hornet now, which is an odd fit. So, uh, and I don't know if the Hornets did anything else major. So, Ricky and is Ru- Kemba. Wait, wait. I know Kemba Walker was somewhere else this he's past a, he's year. He's a Celtics. We talked okay. about him earlier. We were literally talking the same podcast, Tom. You're while dr- you were dr- looking, you were droning on, and I was reading, <laughs> and about you were looking about Glenn all Perkins. nudes, tastefully yes, done. I was. That's exactly what I was googling <laughs> on my work computer. Nice. So, um, <laughs> have you guys seen Cobra Kai? The show? No, I have not. I've heard it's good. Uh, so look up on YouTube, Cobra Kai, Johnny uh, gets the internet. It's like the greatest two and a half <laughs> minutes in television history. I will have After to do the that. Pod. It's so good. So uh, next question, Ricky Rubio. So he was with the Phoenix Suns who, didn't they win every game in the bubble they played, Eli? Yes. And still the missed the playoffs. Oh, that's a bummer. And uh, so James frickin' Jones uh, had a really interesting offseason, um, but got Chris Paul. So where did Ricky Rubio ended up? End up? That feels like he, San Antonio might have grabbed him. That is untrue. Mm. Uh, give me a clue. So he returned to a team he formerly oh, played for. Minnesota. He, he is back in Minnesota. So that... Okay. that Actually, I love that signing for Minnesota. There's a guy I follow on Twitter, uh, big Minnesota blogger. Of course, I can't remember his name because I can't remember anybody's name. But um, <laughs> they're super happy to have him back there. So that'll be an interesting interesting fit for them. I, I actually thought if the Cavs really wanted to make the playoffs, that would be a great pickup. But they did not do that because they don't really want to make the playoffs. Um, who else we got, Eli? So... This is recent news. Um, John Wall. Who who does John Wall play for now? Worst wow. contract John in the Wall. NBA. End of an era. John Wall. I was watching John Wall highlight videos for some really odd reason like two weeks ago. Did you know that John Wall, even though he's a righty, almost always dunked with his left hand? I did know that because he was a righty so weird. left. Yeah. All right, John Wall. Um, who would want... A broken down shoot first point guard that has tunnel vision. <laughs> that can't that, shoot. That, yeah, I can't shoot a, a pull up or a three. That feels like a. Ooh, I want to say who Chicago. has three years and a hundred and thirty million so, left on his contract. Not the Bulls. <laughs> not the Bulls. So. Washington and Houston traded disgruntled point guards. 
and now Russell Westbrook is a wizard and John Wall is a rocket. Wow. That feels somewhat like the Larry Houston and, Ben and Wallace. Houston trade. got a did they give or they get a yeah, they got a draft pick for it for the trade because Wall That's is two, so broken down. Two overpaid guys past their prime that were elite. Well, Larry Hughes was never yeah, elite. But, but Russ Russell Westbrook's actually played a game in the last two seasons. Russell Westbrook is he, in my opinion, is is the modern day AI. Just so dominant and his fall like his fall from grace is happening so rapidly because well, he can't shoot. I actually think Russell Westbrook was perfectly suited for Houston uh because he was basically a six foot three power forward. <laughs> Um, which was a great role for him in Houston. The problem is that he got hurt and then got Rona right after and had a horrible playoffs. And then Tillman Fertitta, who never should have been allowed to buy the Houston Rockets, uh, is basically having a fire sale, fired everybody, fired Maury, let Mike D'Antoni go, and now is blowing up that team. It, it just kind of set the whole thing on fire. So we'll, I, I think that team's going to be an absolute train wreck, and Harden is going to want out of there by midseason, but his contract is so insane, and they're going to want it, so many assets for him, it's, it's probably not going to happen. So, Well, yeah, at least Russ calmed down on shooting threes last year. But, yeah, I mean, he is turning into a, you know, pretty, like, slightly above average level starter, whereas yeah. he was one of the best players in the league for about five years in a row. Yeah. I, I, I'll agree with that. It'll be interesting to see what he and Beal... I actually think he and Beal will be a nice combo, but... So here's an interesting question. What team... So this is who he coached for. Okay. Steve Nash. Oh. Uh, the Warriors, right? That's Steve Kerr. Didn't Steve Nash join? Oh, okay. No, he didn't. No, he is a head coach now. Oh, he's a head coach now. Um, yeah, who he coached for? Yeah, I, well, I, I mean, think he I may guess have been I would, I would guess Phoenix, but I, I feel like that's not that it. would be a good guess. But Monty Williams had a very good bubble, so they did not fire him. Yeah. Um, don't tell me he went back to Dallas. No, so he is in the most woke locker room in the NBA. Oh, wait. The most woke locker room? Is that Milwaukee? No, Tom. Come on. When you're very much woke... I mean, the locker room or the city? The player, Kyrie Irving. Very much woke. Oh, Come on. Wait, he's he's New Jersey? He's or he, Brooklyn or Brooklyn's whatever? head coach now. <laughs> New Jersey. <laughs> Sorry, Jay Z. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it it is hard to keep track of all the changes this off season. So yeah. Okay. Uh, so Steve Nat and guess yeah, who his good. offensive coordinator Kyrie. is? No, that's good for Kyrie though. He could use some Nashian, you know, tips on. He, he needs to be paired with a Canadian. Yeah, and keeping your your dribble alive and keeping your head up, and I don't. No, so I so guess who his anyone. offensive coordinator is for for I mean, the Brooklyn Nets for Steve Kerr? Do NBAs have offensive coordinators? Is not well, a football. Let's just say seven seconds or less. Um, is it uh, 
Barbosa? No, D'Antoni. So D'Antoni oh. left Houston and is now An the assistant lead assistant for Steve Nash. That seems like a demotion. D'Antoni's a legit coach. Well, yeah, but he also got fired, and he's also still getting paid by the Rockets. Or no, okay. his contract was up. Okay, yeah. so he's he's fine. He was also the oldest guy in the bubble, I believe. Trivia trivia question. Was Popovich not in the bubble? He was not. The Spurs did not make the bubble, I don't think. Well, Pat Riley was no, the oldest. Oh, they did. You're right. Yeah. yeah. But I think D'Antoni's older. No, Popovich is like in his seventies. So is D'Antoni. And Pat Riley's in like his nineties. So well, yeah, I don't know saying. if he was at the bubble or not, but well, yeah, or as Eli would call him, the sockless curmudgeon, or not Eli, uh, evil genius. <laughs> E.G. E.G. So okay, Eli, it's your turn for a who he play for. All right, Tom. I'm gonna, this player won a championship. This past year, and he played for the Wizards, and he's a seven-footer. Shaquille O'Neal hates him. What team is this player? Who is this player, and what team is he currently on? He he is Dwight a, Howard. No, no, that's a good. Yeah, but guess, well, actually, you know he is. actually, both. <laughs> there's two possible yeah, answers. <laughs> Although Dwight Howard is not seven. Did play for tall. the Wizards? Did Dwight no. Howard play for the Wizards? Yes, he did. Remember, he he missed the whole <laughs> yes. season with a a hurt bum bum. So he won a championship this past season. Yeah, no. There's two guys that could answer that question, but you got to remember, Dwight Howard has never been seven foot tall. True. No, you're right. He's like six ten. Um, yeah. So he was so on the six Lakers. nine out of shoes. And and Shaq <laughs> hates him. Who does Shaq hate? Well, he's always Shaqed and a fool. Oh, Javale McGee. Yeah, so who does JaVale McGee play for now? He's not on the Lakers anymore? No, no. Is he on the Cavs? He is. Yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! Oh, man, the cue up the Shaq did a full highlight reel. Oh, the man. The best was when he, like, took off from behind the foul line and just the ball immediately popped out of his hand and he just, like, kept going up without the ball. <laughs> or when he scored on this wrong hoop multiple times. Oh, man, JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee is an all-time Shaq and the Fool guy. Like, like my favorite NBA nickname of all time is uh, Drew Gooden because he was such a bad passer. They called him Tragic Johnson. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that. I remember yeah. the duck bill or whatever. Yeah, that was the nickname they had when he was on the Cavs. They called him Tragic Johnson. Um, but JaVale McGee is, is yeah. Uh, there'll be some interesting lowlights this year between JaVale and, and, and Andre Drummond trying to break guys down off the dribble. Okay, I got one. I didn't even get that wrong. I got a first try. <laughs> well, you got a lot of hints. I didn't get any hints to let me know he would be on the calf. Well, okay, you're a smart guy. So, Eli, you got got, any, got another one? Uh, oh, I got I got one. Um... So this player ultimately lost out in the Buddy Heald feud in Sacramento. I don't even know if Tom knows who this player is. I forgot Sacramento had a team. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, Buddy Heald. So isn't, like, Kevin Johnson in prison, and he was, like, 
the mayor yeah. of Sacramento or something? He was, and he is, yes. Okay. No, For noted, really bad, Noted right? sex offender, yeah, because he okay. was, like, with a 15-year-old. Oof, okay. Not not the game we're playing here. Um, <laughs> no, no, not the, no, he plays for the California Penal League. <laughs> All right. Um, so, buddy. I, I don't think Tom knows who this guy even is, Eli. I, I probably I probably So, don't. there's a Bojan Bogdanovich, but there's also... Okay, is there the Bogdan... There's a Bogdan Bogdanovich. The giant guy that used to be on the Spurs? No, you're thinking of Boban Marjanovic. <laughs> <laughs> who is a maverick now, or okay. as I call him, Der Kinderlumper. <laughs> he has maybe the biggest nose in the league, I think. I don't and just think face, that, facial well, features in general. I, I, like I have to... Like a drawing that you I get have to bite my tongue and say the guy with the biggest nose in the league is not in the league right now, so... After after the podcast, I'll tell you who that is. So okay, but you know what I'm saying? Like he, his features are so big. Yes, he, he looks like when they draw like a cartoon version of you at like the fair. <laughs> yes, like that's exactly. how he actually looks. But he is he's, by he's all accounts bad, a wonderful human being. Oh, I, absolutely, I'm sure he is. No, and I've I've heard that he's like a super super nice guy, and he always goes out of his way. To interact with fans and all that, that kind of George stuff. George so. Mirasan look. George Mirasan, yes. So you want to smell like me? <laughs> My favorite all-time Sports Center commercial is George Mirasan <laughs> changing light bulbs. <laughs> Not the George Mirasan deodorant. <laughs> I don't remember that one. Now you got to pull up another commercial. How do you not remember? So you want to smell like me? <laughs> okay, pull that up during the. Wasn't next... that George Mirasan? Eli, help me out. Yeah, really no, I, I I remember you making this quote multiple times. I don't know how to spell George Marison because it's like super wacky. Well, just spell George. Okay. <laughs> anyway, George. So Marisan. Bogdan Bogdanovich. Just smell like me. There it is. There it is. There is, it is. Is a Marison Cologne. <laughs> Boom. Got it. The Serbian guard who what? was involved in the biggest. Serbian uh, would you say? Guard? Yes, Serb. He's a Serbian player. He's a wing. And he was involved in the biggest screw up of the offseason. Would you say that's true, Eli? Yeah. It's not Sasha Pavlovich. No, so Bogdan Bogdanovich was a guard for the Kings. He was a restricted free agent, and the night of the draft, it leaked that he was going to be involved in a sign and trade with Milwaukee. Um, except nobody got his consent to sign and trade him and the leak destroyed the trade and then he ended up with Atlanta um so that's a who he played for Bogdan Bogdanovich edition not Boban Marjanovic so they so or, that the answer to Eli's question about Sacramento yes it yes. was okay and, and I don't and, think I could I don't think I could pick him out of a lineup so Sacramento <laughs> didn't re-sign him and decided Instead of just re-signing him and then trading Buddy Heald, who they're pretty much interchangeable, except Buddy Heald's like five years older, <laughs> um, kept Buddy Heald. And, I mean, Sacramento, every time they zig, they should zag and vice versa. So You know, I can't name a single player on the Kings. Um, they have a good point guard. <laughs> Tyrese Halliburton? 
Oh, Darian Fox. Don't even know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> or um, starting power forward for the 2015 Warriors. Um, Draymond Green? No. Draymond the, start... the starting power forward for the 2015 Warriors? The guy Draymond? that the, everybody wanted the Cavs to draft instead of Waiters. Um, who did we want to draft instead of Waiters? Oh, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna tell you. We wanted Brad Beal, and we didn't get him. Um, no. The other guy that went to Harrison Barnes. Oh, Harrison Barnes. He was a small forward, not a power forward. They played him at the four in the death lineup, though. No, they yes. They played like Iguodala at the five in the death lineup. No, they played Harrison Barnes at the four, Iguodala at the three. You said starting. Oh, stop it! Stop it! The death lineup didn't start me. <laughs> you're you're ridiculous. Okay, we got to do another who he play for. Okay. Um. Ah, uh, this is good. Uh, Robin Lopez, the the Geico caveman version of the Lopez brothers. Okay, so he both Lopez's were on the Bucks, right? Yeah. Okay. So the better one is still on the Bucks. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is true. And Brooke. now Robin, yeah, Brooke, who's now like hitting step back threes, like all yeah, big men. And, and Brooke, who is a terror Brooke. of NBA mascots everywhere. Brooke, okay. Uh, for some reason, I can't stop thinking about Chris Humphreys. Were they on the same team at one time in New Jersey? <laughs> they probably were. Yeah, I okay, think so, Brooke and Chris uh, Humphreys were. Guys. Or I, I can imagine Robin Lopez in a Bulls jersey. Was he on the Bulls at one time? <laughs> he was, but no. I I don't even feel like this is like worth even making you wait in suspense. He is a wizard. Yeah, you know my feelings on the wizards. <laughs> they're 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 fake tough guys. No, what yeah, was it? Like... They, that came up today where um, the Clippers were talking trash about her. Uh, Marcus Morris was, it was Marcus or Markeith, I can't ever keep him straight, was talking about how at the end of the day they knew they were a better team than Denver even though they lost in the playoffs to him. And <laughs> Ryan Morton, who is a uh, sometimes Cav blogger and yeah, also Mavs, Mavs blogger, um, said that you've got some real Wizards vibes going on here. Yeah, that is a Wizards vibe. <laughs> like uh, the year that Bradley Beal accused the Cavs of ducking the Wizards when they had already yeah. lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to oh Boston. Wizards. And they yeah. blew three eliminate. Didn't they blow three elimination games in that series too? Definitely the most preening ever out of a franchise that has never really done anything remarkable. That not since the Wes Unseld days. Yeah. Yeah, you just think about like all the teams that have equally not done anything remarkable and you can't think of them preening around like they're super special. But the Wizards do. They have a very outsized opinion of themselves. Alright, let's switch gears. Actually, Hoagie. one one quick tidbit. So today Zach Lowe released the podcast and he said he of like the only teams to celebrate winning their division in the last like five years he could remember. He said it was the Wizards that he remembered distinctly. Like, after they won their 49th game in, like, game, <laughs> game like 80 of the season, right, before the playoffs, he said they literally celebrated like they won a championship. Like, we're spraying water all over each other. 
Does winning the division guarantee doesn't even you a mean anything in the no, NBA? It anymore. used to, but not. It's been like ten years since that happened. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we got one last. Who he played for, and then no, but I, yeah. And after this, I want you to tell your story. You yes, real or fake player? Oh, real or fake names. player? <laughs> yeah, but nice. I'll do one more. Who he played for? Okay, so uh, Jordan Clarkson. Oh yeah, for uh, Cavalier great. Um, is he on the Clippers? He resigned with the Jazz. The Jazz. Okay. Yeah. So it. Okay, here is a um. Real or fake name? Um, yeah. God, I, Jordan Bone. <laughs> that is fake. There that is, is a no real name. Bone. No, agrees to a two-way contract with the Orlando Magic. Oh yes. <laughs> what describe this guy, Jordan Bone? <laughs> he just is, looks like a normal NBA player. He's, I mean, what what position? I think he's a wing. He was a undrafted rookie oh, last year. Man. All right. So, does he have the ability to like posterize someone? I, he probably can posterize somebody, but he's oh. on a two-way contract. But you just got boned. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. One. Let's try. Again. Um, <laughs> that felt so fake because I was like, Nate's not gonna be able to think up of a fake name. You said Jordan Bone. Um, like, oh yeah, yeah, that's a fake name. David Bacon. Fake. You There's are no correct. NBA player named David. There is a name. <laughs> no, there is. There's an like A Ron, but there's, there's no David. No, there's no Derek that isn't yeah. E E R R I C K at this yeah. point. Okay, yeah, but yeah. there is a so, Dwayne Bacon, and he just resigned. Okay. He signed with the Orlando I Magic. I can see there being a Dwayne Bacon. <laughs> okay, Bull Bull. Yeah, that's a real guy. Oh, absolutely, Bull's it is. Son. Yeah, where's he at? Who he play for? Uh, he is, he is a nugget and okay. I literally made the joke earlier this year that he was the, and he was a literal walking straw man argument. Cause you can't convince me he's not a scarecrow. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. There you go. Nate, Nate, bring in the noise. Um, okay. <laughs> so Darius, uh, Facundo Burke. Yeah, that's got to be real because you were just reading it, trying to pronounce it. No, I was just picking three names and stringing them together from several uh, parts. So there is a Contavious Caldwell Pope, and he resigned with the Lakers. Okay. There is a this a Ryan Brokoff, uh, which I think is a great Ryan name. Brokoff. Yes, and he signed with Philly. And then my favorite Wait, name of the NBA gotta... offseason. No, no, no. You stop. You switched the game. Go back to, is this a real or fake player? Oh, Ryan Brokoff is a real player. Okay, but now you're just telling me real players. Well, I'm, I'm giving you the explainer of, okay, so real or fake? Yep. Um, Javon Carter. I mean, Nate, this is like playing horse. <laughs> you're taking, like, free throws. Like, <laughs> yes, I'm either going to make it or miss it, but this isn't exciting. <laughs> I mean, real? Okay. I don't know. Javon <laughs> Carter? Real yeah, player. Obviously, be real. Okay. Um, Gary Clark. <laughs> Is it Clark with an E at the end? No, no. Okay, I'll give you some. Uh, no, no here one, is my. There's favorite. no one named Gary playing that I don't know. 
Okay. There's no one named Gary in the league. Is there some Clark and you just made up the name no, Gary? No, Gary Clark is a real player. He's he a also player. Uh, plays for the Magic. Uh, I swear to God, that is the most baseball name, though. Like, Gary Clark just sounds like a middle reliever for, you know, the Blue Jays or something. Sounds like a golfer. Or that. Okay, so here's my f- favorite real or fake. Facundo Campazzo. I mean, <laughs> Focu- it sounds like a... Fac- F-A-C-U-N-D-O-C-A-M-P-A-Z-Z-O. It sounds like a really fattening Italian dish. It is. And I he, agree to go with real. He agreed to a deal with the Denver Nuggets to is he come Italian. Be, yeah, I believe that he is. That's a good guess, Tom. Wow, look at that. Okay, Dexter Hard Dunk a Chad. Dexter Hard Dunk a Chad. Dexter Hard Dunk a Chad. Hard Dunk a Chad. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like his name's probably Hardunkacha Dexter, but yeah, I'll say real. No, that's fake. That's from the Key and Peele sketch where they do the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. See, now that's a good shot, Nate. That was like you were running out of bounds, hooked it to your head, and it went off the cable that holds up the hoop, and it went in. <laughs> there you uh, go. I, I appreciate that shot. There you go. Okay. That's great. I do remember. That's why, that's why the name was familiar. Cause I was like, why, where have I heard this? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good. So you, you got it. You got it. You took like a tertiary. You didn't take uh Hingle McCringle Mary. Cause then no, I don't know. No. Or, uh, <laughs> Dyrone Smoochie Wallace. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. What was the one that was just one? It was just one word. And he said it really slow and scary. <laughs> I, yeah, that was a, that was an all time great sketch. That and yeah, the well, just... that and the A Aaron. Yeah, yeah, that was a great show. It was, and yeah, now that guy's making making movies. Not well, still my favorite is the Gremlins two the Gremlins two pitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Key and Peel, everybody. So, um, switching gears again, um. Is it time, Nate? I think it's time. I think it's time for Get Off My Lawn Radio with, <laughs> with Tom Pestak. Is this your favorite part of the show, Eli? Of course. <laughs> but I I do have to take uh, a quick pause here. So uh, let, let's take a, a couple minute break and we'll be right back with Get Off My Lawn Radio. Next up, a very special item for the man. You want to smell like me? George Mirasan Cologne. Hey, who wouldn't want to smell like you, George? I know I would. <sighs> Makes a great gift item. I'm waiting for your call. Our operators are standing by. Not going anywhere for a while. <laughs> Is that cabbage, George? Yeah, chicks did. Grab a Snickers. Call now. Yeah, that was the famous Snickers. George A. Mirasan not going anywhere for a while. Uh, George A. Mirasan cologne, telemarketing blitz on like home shopping or something. That you're right. That's a pretty good one, but that was not a Sports Center commercial. Oh, okay, my bad. So he was not changing light bulbs. Yeah, get off my lawn radio. So tell me about this story that you've been begging to tell me about all week. Well, it's still ongoing. It's been insane. So. 
a couple months ago, I see my kids way out in the backyard, and I see a frisbee. And I'm like, haha, I'm going to throw it so far, it goes over their head, and they're going to like wonder, where the heck did that come from? And then they're going to turn around, and I'm going to look like Super Saiyan Dad that can throw a frisbee a quarter mile. Like Uncle Rico, clear over them mountains. So I, I, I grab it and I, you know, take this huge crow hop and I let it rip. And literally I let it rip and I hear, and I go, Oh, and I just immediately the sound and the tingling. And I was like, that wasn't good. I definitely, definitely tore something. And it felt really funny the rest of the night. Next day it hurts, you know, hurt for a couple weeks. Uh, I knew something was wrong. So, you know, basically, once on my doctor, he did some strength tests on me. He's like, eh, you might be all right. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> was we, this a we, GP and, or an ortho? No, just GP, yeah. So a um, couple weeks later, I'm talking to the GP again about a, a different reason. I, I got a weird infection in my finger. It's a problem with biting your nails. So something else me and LeBron share other than being 1984 and from Northeast Ohio – so, and I tell him, Hey doc, I'm like, you know, I, I'm not getting any better. I can't throw a ball. I can't hang from a bar. Something's wrong. He goes, all right, well, we got to get, we, we got to get that looked at. So he makes me an appointment with a local orthopedic uh, surgeon that he recommends. So I go down there and, uh, the, well, first my next door neighbor is a, is a chiropractor and he starts telling me, Hey, you know, Tom, this is like a whole like dance. Like you gotta, they're going to try to insist that, well, first we're going to do weeks and weeks of physical therapy. We're going to give you injections and all that. So you need to go in there. I, and I love this. that. This is a chiropractor telling you this. Yeah. And you got to put on an act. You got to act like you got to walk in there with your arm just dangling and you got to say, you can't wash your hair. And if you don't like lie through your teeth about how bad this is, insurance isn't going to cover anything and they're going to send you home. And my sister, who's a doctor, told me the same thing. And I'm kind of like, geez, okay. Well, I walk in there and the resident walks in and he starts asking me questions. And I explain him. I tell him the story about the Frisbee, right? And I tell him the story about like, look, I got to be able to throw a baseball, you know, like this is, I got to get this fixed. I can't just like not be able to throw for the rest of my life. So he starts messing around with me and nothing hurts that he's doing. And I'm not, I'm just, I, I mean, to me, it makes more sense to tell him either it hurts or it doesn't. So I'm not going to be like, ah, every time he does something, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> so he messes around with me and he's like, yeah, I can't find any problems. And I'm like, I'm telling you, man, I can't throw and I can't hang from a bar. So something's wrong. <laughs> so then the, so then the, so then the, the actual, you know, I, I told my sister, then the real doctor came in and she's like, uh, the resident is a real doctor. I'm like, whatever. The veteran doctor, <laughs> came, the veteran doctor comes in. And in like five seconds, he does something, and I feel this shooting pain. And he looks at the resident and goes, oh, I think he has a labral tear. And I look at the resident, too, like, yeah, you couldn't figure that out, could you, rookie, you know? <laughs> so, so then, you give him the stink eye, huh? Oh, I totally gave him the stink eye. And oh. so, then, so then the doctor, after saying that, is like, eh, maybe we'll, like, give you some injections. I'm like, I don't, I don't need an injection. I'm like, I'm, I'm not in pain. You know, there's like, oh, you're not in pain. I'm like, well, I mean, at times I am, but it's not like just right now I'm in pain. And I told the doctor, I'm like, look, I got five kids. I got three boys. I got to be able to blow some heat by them when they're, flex <laughs> when they're flexing on me as, you know, preteens and teenagers. And the doctor just looked annoyed with me. Like, <laughs> who is this guy? But why are you even here? Like, I'm the doctor. And I just gave him that face. Like, you don't get it, man. Something's wrong. You got to fix it. 
So then he's like, all right, well, maybe we should just do an MRI. I'm like, now you're talking. And he's like, all right, yeah, we need to do an MRI, figure out what's going on, get better, you know, clarity or whatever. So I'm on my way and they send me, they give me this form. So it's uh, evaluate for right shoulder labral tear. And I need to get this MRI done with quote contrast, which I read about. They're going to like inject me with a bunch of ink or something like that. So, Ooh, okay. Um, so they, I get, I get a call from the local main hospital, Miami Valley hospital. It's a great hospital. It's where all my kids have been born. You know, I'd highly recommend it. And they call me and they're like, all right, we need to schedule your MRI. I'm like, great. So we pick a date and we schedule it. Okay, fine. And then at the end they tell me, um, okay, so, we're going to obviously talk to your insurance company and they may reach out to you if, you know, something's kind of goes awry. They're not going to cover something. And I was like, okay, so I don't need to do anything. She's like, no, you don't have to do anything, but they may reach out to you. I was like, okay. So like two days later, I get a voicemail and I listen to it and it's a robotic voicemail. It's like one of those, it's like one of those voicemails. That's the analog of when the, you know, the criminal like puts together, cuts out letters from different <laughs> magazines. So it's like different voices saying like between my name and the date. And it's like, you didn't even Tom use the same. Back. Yeah. And, well, and, and then it's like the rest of the, the rest of the, like the, the, the track is like a different voice entirely. It's like not even the same robot that they used, but yeah. So it's like basically says we're calling from informed choice on behalf of Cigna. So that's my insurance company. And they're like, so, you know, we need you to call us back at this number and they give me a number that's different from the number they called me from. But then they tell me I have to use my cell phone that they're calling me on to call them back. I'm like, oh, hypocritical much? You know, so <laughs> anyway, like it's seven o'clock and they say that their hours are seven till nine p.m. So I'm like, all right, we'll get my kids to bed and I'll call these, you know, I'll call these jabronis back. And then like 20 minutes later, I get, I, I see my phone ringing and it's that same number. I'm like, oh, they're trying again. So I pick up and it's a robot and it's like, is this Thomas Pestak? And I'm like, yes. And then they go, you know, confirm your identity with like your birthday. So I say my birthday. And they're like, I'm sorry, I didn't get that. Enter in your birthday. So I enter in the numbers and then they're like, thanks. Wait one moment while we transfer you. And then. I get elevator music for like five seconds and then it transfers me to a survey like what you sometimes get at the end of your session with a real person. <laughs> and it's like on a scale of one to five. And I'm like, wait, oh, wait what? You know, I, I'm like, I, and so I just waited and then like, I'm sorry, I didn't get that on a scale of one to five. And I just kept waiting and they're like, I'm sorry, please type in the number. And finally, I'm like, all right, this isn't happening. So I hang up. So now I'm like, something went wrong. I try following their instructions. I call the number. It picks up and says, we're sorry. We don't recognize this number. Goodbye. And it clicks. I'm like, the heck? So now I'm just like, well, I don't know what that was about. I hope that wasn't like Russians or Chinese or whatever, but whatever. So I let it go. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, well, it just, you know, the whole thing felt squirrely. Hey, Tom, those places have socialized medicine. You'd have been a lot better off. Well, so then (laughs) next morning. At like seven, I mean, I'm not even out of bed. They call and leave another message. And it's the exact same message. I'm like, okay. So I get up and first thing I do is I call that number back. And this time it says, are you Thomas Pessing? I'm like, correct. And then it's like, enter in your birth. I do. And then it's like, 
one moment, and then it immediately hangs up. Immediately. It, I didn't even get to the survey this time. So I try calling back again, and it says, we're sorry, we don't recognize you. So I'm like, what the heck is going on? So now I call Cigna, and I explain this to them. And they're like, oh, okay. And it's you know someone, and then the person I'm talking to, who's kind of helpful, she's like, well, I'll just get someone from Informed Choice on the phone with us. I'm like, that sounds good. So she and, and informed in. choice sounds like a crisis pregnancy center. <laughs> <laughs> it does. So she patches in this woman who, I mean, this is like, she patches in like Captain Catherine Janeway. I mean, this woman like means business. She is like an alpha female and she's, and, and right away she's like, um, you know, we're talking and she's like, so I understand that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm telling the story wrong. Before the alpha female Captain Janeway comes in, she patches in this very meek, you know, like foreign sounding, like I think she's from probably India, helper, right? Just like a a junior informed choice helper who's like, oh, I'm so sorry, sir, because I told the Cigna lady the story about how the phone system wasn't working. And I was like, yeah, and then they sent me to a survey. So I told this whole story that I just told you guys to the Cigna representative. So she goes, hang on, I'll get a informed choice rep on the call. Wait on hold. And I'm waiting for like three minutes. Then this young junior apprentice or whatever gets on the call and start, and it starts with, I'm so sorry, Mr. Pestak, for the survey. I can take care of the survey for you. I'm like, So huh? is this I'm person like, an American? Maybe. But well, I, I'm not, just, well you, you had said that, and it sounded like you had an accident. So I was wondering if you did, had yes, overseas she did, she did. call center. She might, she might have been. She didn't sound. It's hard to she say. Did, she, it's hard to say. So she's all like, again, now it's a three-way call. And she's like, I can help you with the survey. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm just like, well, I don't need help. I'm like, the survey was just an anecdote to explain how the phone system didn't work. And then I kind of let it go. And then the signal lady starts talking. And then once again, after that, the informed choice lady is like, well, I can take care of this survey for you. I can transfer you to the right survey. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, I don't need to take a survey. The survey, I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry I confused you by telling you the story of the survey. I am trying to do what you're asking me to do with this phone system. The survey was just one of five different ways this failed. So now that you're here, maybe you can do the thing that we're supposed to do here, which is like discuss other options. And what we're <laughs> supposed to discuss is there are other cheaper places I can get this MRI. So then she's like, oh, oh, okay, sir. Well, I can't do that. I have to get my supervisor in line. I'm like, okay, whatever. So that's when Captain Janeway shows up and she's all like, <laughs> and right away, I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what's going on, but your phone isn't working. And she's like, really? Sorry to hear that. Let's continue. And I'm just <laughs> like, like, damn. I'm like, all right. Like you got nobody got time for, you know, customer complaints or whatever. So then she starts saying, and she's like, okay, well, I can see three places that um, I can look at for, you know, options that might be cheaper for the MRI. I'm like, okay, fine. And she's like, one's, you know, the closest to me, one's in like north of town and one south of town. And I'm like, okay, well, the one that you said that's closest, let's try that. And she's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm seeing an estimate of like $450. And I'm thinking like, that doesn't sound too bad. And that's not, that doesn't take into account anything insurance is going to do. That's just like the estimated cost of the procedure. So I'm like, okay. And so then I'm like, well, what's it going to be where I'm scheduled at the main Miami Valley hospital? And she's like, well, I can't tell that. I, it's not showing up on the system. I'm like, okay. And then what's like, okay, so what next? And she's like, well, you can call the hospital 
and find out how much it's going to be. Like, okay, so you want me to call the hospital and ask them how much my MRI is going to cost? She's like, yeah, you can do that. I'm like, then what? She's like, well, if it's going to be a lot more and you'd prefer to go with this other option because it's, you know, more convenient. They always say convenient. They never said, you know, it's cheaper. Um, then call us back and we'll schedule it for you. I'm like, okay, what number can I call you personally back on? And she's like, you can't reach me personally. You can call our main line and someone will help you. I'm like, okay, give me a number. So she gives me a number and I write it down and then I read it back to her and then I make her read it back to me. And I'm like, I've got a number. I'm not going to deal with the stupid system or whatever. Right. So then, you know, the signal lady starts explaining my coverage. And it's like, it's unbelievable to me because it's like, you've got all my medical information. You've got all my insurance information. You know, every penny that I've spent, you know, the status of my deductible. I don't need to be inundated with 500 numbers. You know that everything we've talked about is an in-network procedure. I don't need to be inundated with what the out-of-network costs are. It's like it's information overload. I need you (laughs) who now understand all the constraints of the decision to be like, in this case, you'll owe this much. In this case, you'll owe this much. And instead, I'm just furiously writing down numbers. And in the end, I'm just like, so I don't know what to make of this. Like, are you telling me that? If the MRI is, you know, if it, you're not going to cover anything up to like three grand, or are you telling me as soon as I hit like eight fifty five seventeen, or are you telling me that at, I'm just like, I'm just, I'm sorry, I have a, I have five post-it notes just with numbers written down. I don't, and and then she starts just basically repeating herself. I'm like, okay, whatever. So then I'm like, all right, so I'm going to call the hospital, and if it's demonstrably different than this four fifty, I should call you back, and they're like, you should call Informed Choice back. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. Can I have a confirmation number? They give me a confirmation number. So I hang up. I call the hospital. I they oh they gave me a number. I'm like, who should I call at the hospital? They're like, call this number. So they gave it to me. So I call that number, and they're like, how can I help you? And I'm like, well, I have an MRI scheduled for Tuesday, but I need to. My insurance is asking me to get a cost estimate. And they're like, one moment. They transfer me to radiology. I explain to this woman, and she's like, wait, you want what? And I'm like, well, you know, and I kind of explained her to the story and she's like, so you want to know like how much it costs? I was like, yeah, like an estimate. She's like, well, we don't do that. I was <laughs> like, what do you mean? She's like, I, I don't know what it costs. Like we don't do cost estimates. <laughs> and I'm like, so I say to her, I'm like, you sound like I'm the first person that's ever asked you this. And she's like, you are. I'm like, I don't get it. I have Cigna. Everyone has Cigna. And then she immediately jumps in and goes, I don't have Cigna. I'm like... <laughs> What are you kidding me? I'm like, okay, so literally no one has ever called you because of informed choice told them to call you to ask how much an MRI costs. She's like, no. So then after like two minutes, she's like, oh, I can send you to this number. It's called the price line. I'm like, the price line? She's like, yeah, maybe they can help you. I'm like, okay. So they send me to some price line. Did William Shatner answer? Yeah, that's what I was hoping for, right? (laughs) So this woman answers, and I'm like. I got to know, Eli, are you still listening to this? I am. <laughs> All right. That was like the most deadpan answer. <laughs> so so the Priceline lady then starts going through all my insurance numbers. I'm like, wait, stop, halt, screech. I'm like, can you just tell me like what it costs? Like I, I want to decouple this from what my insurance may or may not cover. I think I have an understanding of my, how my insurance is going to deal with this. And she's like, okay, and it was going to be like three grand. And I'm like, whew. I'm like, okay. Well, 
even though this has been an extremely painful process, I was like a little bit happy that this informed choice existed, both as a taxpayer and as a consumer. So I'm like, all right, I'm like, do you see any issues if I just do this at this outpatient center? And she's like, well, I would call your doctor first and just make sure they're okay with it. I was like, okay, I will. Thanks. She's like, thanks. So I called the doctor and I explained the story. And the doctor's office is like, whoa, yeah, okay, that makes sense. The main hospital would be way more. She's like, yeah, that's no problem. We have people that get MRIs at that outpatient center or whatever. I'll fax it to them. And then she's like, just call them. And she's like, you have to insist that they give you the images on a disc because they always say <laughs> that, they, that we can just look it up in the system and we can't. And we always get in a fight with them about this. You have to ins- – I'm like – should I really be going with these people? She's like, oh, yeah, it's fine. It'll be fine. But you have to. I'm like, okay, got to get the disc. Right, got it. So she's like, all right, I faxed it over. Give them five minutes and call them. Okay. I give them a half hour and I call them. A woman that sounds like a parole officer answers and says, how can I direct your call? And I'm like, I need to schedule an MRI. One moment. Sends me, you know, I hear, I get the ring and then I get a random answering machine for some kind of pain management. Leave a message. And I'm like, okay, here's my name. Here's my <laughs> number. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to schedule an MRI. Please call me back. Wait a day. Didn't get a call back. I call again the next morning. Same lady. I'm like, hi, I, I'm trying to schedule an MRI. I called yesterday. They didn't call back. One second. She transfers me. I get a different voicemail, and I leave my name and number. I get nothing. I wait about five hours. I call again. Same lady. I'm like, I need to schedule an MRI, and no one's calling me back. One moment. She immediately transfers me, cuts me off before I can be like, can you please just walk down the hall and find someone because I'm tired of dealing with voicemails? I get a third different voicemail. I leave my name and number again. And at this time, I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm going to do what the informed choice lady told me in the first place, and I'm going to call informed (laughs) choice back. Guess what I do? You'll never guess, but you will guess. I call the number that I made that woman, Catherine Janeway, read back to me five times. And it immediately says, we're sorry, this number's not in service. <laughs> I almost lost my mind. <laughs> this so is I a Kafka-esque nightmare. So and Tom, single pair. So I call. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got to use the Skype eye roll emoji right now. That's a new feature. So I call, I call Cigna back, right? And I get a different, you know, a person and I explain, and I'm really frustrated. I'm explaining, Oh, I'm so sorry, sir. You know? Okay. Well, um, so, you know, here's the thing you call Cigna, right? And Cigna starts with, if you're calling about COVID press one, that's how the, that's how the opening automated <laughs> messages, right? Well, I'm not calling about. Yeah. COVID. And then you've, you've, you've hit the other issue is that we're in the middle of a healthcare crisis well, this and is, you're calling you're about out. a labor mutor like three weeks ago. Yeah. But, but I, but I, th- this de- detail is important. So I call <laughs> Cigna picks up and the automated message starts with, if you're calling about COVID-19 press one, I'm not, they don't tell you any other instructions. I wait. Then it's para primo, blah, 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 COVID-19, primo uno. So now they're yeah, giving it to that, me in that's Spanish. That's Spanish, Tom. Again, I'm not calling about COVID-19. I continue to wait. I wait, and then it's an, it's an advertisement for a flu shot is the next thing they tell me about. After that, it's a jingle. We care about you. Sign up on our website to get your – after that, it goes to an automated message where – 
if you want to, you know, go through the system, it starts with press one. So in other words, I've called Cigna multiple times. I know that eventually I need to press one. That's the choice. That's the next thing I'm going to do is press but one. But it doesn't but let I can't, you preemptively press, press one. No, because I'd be calling about COVID, which I'm not. <laughs> so I got to wait like two minutes to get through this slog of automated things to eventually press one. Anyway, so I get this person. I explain all this. They got to get my identification. They Which got, I gotta... Star Trek captain did this person represent? No, resemble? this was another. This was another person that may or may not have been offshore. I don't know, but nice enough person, you know, trying to help me. And I'm like telling the story, and I'm very frustrated. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Well, you know, after I give them the confirmation code, thankfully that worked. They're like, oh yeah, I see here you've been pre-approved for an MRI. I'm like, yes, thank God. And they're like, okay, well, I'll just get someone from Informed Choice on the phone. I'm like, well, that's what we did two days ago. Sounds good. Please do that because I can't get a hold of them. This number doesn't work and their phone system doesn't work. They're like, yeah, yes, sir. I'm so sorry. One moment. I'll get someone on the line. Puts me on hold and the call drops. And I'm like, okay, he'll call me back. Nope. Ten minutes goes by. I don't get a call back. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I call Cigna back again. I got to – it's not COVID, guys, and I'm, I already got my flu shot, guys, and I'm waiting, and finally I press one again. <clears throat> I get a different person. This person was very sympathetic to my situation and got actually was like, okay, well, now I am going to transfer to Informed Choice, and I was like, I'm begging. <laughs> like, I'm like, if the call I don't drops, have a crisis pregnancy, I'm don't like, send me to confirm. I'm begging you, if the call drops, please call me back. Oh, sir, I absolutely will, sir. They- I'm like... <laughs> um, thank you you know so they so they get the informed choice rep on his name's kareem and right away the instead of staying on the line the signa rep gets off and it's just me and kareem and i am i'm fuming at this point i'm like going through this whole story i'm like and what's with the what's with these phone systems and, and, and this poor guy is just like sir i'm so sorry and sir, he's just being ripped. i make he's, just (laughs) above minimum wage he's he's being real with me he's like he because you know i can tell i can tell when they're reading off a script and he's like oh yeah man that phone system is messed up and i'm like (laughs) right and he's like yeah i'm so sorry about that my man he's like i am not gonna let you down and if this call just drops i will call you back i'm like do you have my number and he's like actually no give me your number so i give him my number and he's like i promise you if this drops i will call you back it should be fine though and i'm like okay this guy, Kareem, stayed on the phone with me for the next 45 minutes. He personally called up. He found a better uh, MRI lab that had 4.6 stars on Google, not 1.8 <laughs> as this one that wouldn't return my calls. Seriously. Bob's MRI and salad bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are massive like reviews from people that claim to formally work there that talk about bed lice and (laughs) people with stds and they didn't wipe up after him and it was just it was gross and i'm like (laughs) get me out of there and he's like yeah we'll get you in this one that was like really nice looking and so he looks it up and it's 400 and it's 500 it was like 50 dollars more and i was like boom done that's the one we're going to so then he calls he puts me on hold he calls the doctor has the doctor fax it over to them, right? Now, they don't answer. He calls them to get them a th- on a three-way call with me. 
to set up this appointment. They don't answer. So then he's like, I just noticed from their website, you can make an appointment through their website. He stays on the line with me and walks me through all the things that I should put in on the website. Because there's a couple pieces of information that I want to be sure Okay, I'm liking Kareem. Kareem is the freaking man, right? So we get through this whole thing, and then he tells me, here's like three ways we can go about this going forward. He's like, after we hang up, I'm going to start calling and leaving my phone number at both places to make sure this happens and tell them to get in touch with you. They should get in touch with you. I would give them 24 to 48 hours. He's like, if they don't, call this number. And he gives me a new, completely different number. And by the way, he said about Catherine Janeway's number, uh, new phone, who dis? He's like, I've never seen that number. I don't know where she came up with that. That's not even like, that is not an informed choice number. I'm like, well, <laughs> figures, right? So so Kareem's like, look, if after 48 hours you haven't heard from anyone, call this number and ask for Kareem M. I'm like, M as in like mango? He's like, yes, M as in mango. I'm like, Kareem, <laughs> like, you are my man. And Kareem's like, oh, sir, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. So he tells me he's got like a one and a half month old first child. I'm like, oh, so then we start talking about kids. And then I'm trying to be witty. And I'm like, oh. The only advice I can give you is when he's five, don't try to impress him by throwing a frisbee over his head. And he's like, he's like, yep, I'll make sure to stretch first, Mister Preston. <laughs> he actually pronounced my name right. I'm like, this is my guy. Do people right get your name so, wrong a lot? All the time. They overthink it. It's just like, just say it. Don't overthink it. They say it, they overthink it. It's because there's no CK in English. You don't really get AK. Wow, so yeah, they always true. overthink. But yeah, yeah. So you and I don't have that issue. <laughs> yeah. No, no one's going to mispronounce Smith or Kim. <laughs> you guys are Gary Clark. That's like the three most common names in the world. <laughs> but Yeah, and Facundo Campazzo. <laughs> yeah, not quite. Campazzo, yeah, so I guess. This saga is not over, and I don't oh know God. what lesson to learn I can here. Believe because on one so hand, what do you mean the I'm saga like, is not I, over? Is there more? Or you haven't gone in for I the MRI yet. I, Oh, I haven't gotten from the MRI. I haven't got confirmation that this place has me scheduled oh, for an appointment. So let so all me... kinds of things have to happen. But wait, I just want to say, I'm torn. And I told this to Kareem. I'm like, Kareem, this has been the most bipolar experience ever. I'm like, on one hand, you guys at Informed Choice are total amateur hour. Your systems don't work. <laughs> Your Catherine Janeway is mean, and she gives me the wrong number. And on the other hand, you're like the most professional person i've ever dealt with on the phone and you've just solved all my problems and he's like oh i really appreciate the compliments sir i'm just like and i may have just saved like 800 dollars. so win question mark I feel, <laughs> I feel like this was a win right i don't know well and you still have to get the mri you still have to go back to and get that mri diagnosed by your orthodox Hopefully not the resident. So so I have to go through and I have to give you the Nate Smith recap of the story. Where So first off, when you hurt yourself and you hurt yourself, you feel like badly, go right away. Because I made multiple mistakes in my life. Like the first time I blew out my uh, ligament in my right knee, I was on... Like my first real job, I was on their healthcare plan, and then I didn't go see anybody. And then I went back to school, and finally got so bad I had to go back and see somebody. And of course, at that point, it was a pre-existing condition, so I had to pay 
for uh, that surgery out of pocket. And I ended up paying for it over like five years. So moral of the story there, go right away when you hurt yourself. Because it's always going to be better when you go right away. Plus, you have an easier time getting your insurance company to believe it's actually an issue. Second yeah, that thing, wasn't a problem. Go to the ortho first. Don't go to your GP for anything like with joints or anything like that. Just your your GP isn't going to be able to help you. Well, I went to part. the GP because I get one free annual wellness check, and I hadn't done. Oh, it was yet. your physical. Okay. I was like. Yeah, so I went in for that, and then he's like, anything else going on? And then I told him he did a couple, like, exercises with me, and he's like, like well, he's like, your range of motion is a little limited, but you're strong. And he's like, you may have just pulled something. <laughs> he, and he was like, he was like, like, give it pull. a week or He was like, give it a week or two and see if it gets better. So, I mean, and then when it didn't, and I had to I actually did my first ever medical Zoom call with him. I bite my fingernails. I got a horrific infection. Oh, I got to tell you a story in my, my infection. So when so I, I was, I was sorry, go ahead. wait, I got to finish. It was my middle finger. So I was literally <laughs> flipping off my doctor via a Zoom call, and it was pretty cool. He's like gazing into the laptop, looking at me, giving him the bird, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you're gonna need some antibiotics for that." Anyway, it got so bad. It, it was it was huge. It was, and this is one of the most painful things I've ever dealt with. It sounds stupid, like a little stupid. No, I've done it. The swelling put so much pressure on me at all times. Was it under the nail? I. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so, anyway, it, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Then I got an antibiotics, and then the same the next day, I'm in line to pick up to make place an order at McAllister's. And I and I what start is feeling like it's like a sandwich place, and so I start <laughs> feeling something on my finger, and I look down, and it's leaking pus Ew. while while I'm in line ordering food. Like, oh, oh shoot! So I spent the next ten minutes in the McAllister's bathroom <laughs> during the, during a global pandemic, <laughs> squeezing pus out oh of my, my middle God. finger. It's oh <laughs> so gross. And so I gotta tell you, my where do you put your finger? No, I just I, – I, I bite my nails, and this is the thing. This is what I never realized. This is why you never want to get bit by a dog. The bacteria, <laughs> the bacteria in your mouth is for real. It like, is. They put, they put me on like the craziest antibiotic whose side effects included death via diarrhea. And I was talking <laughs> to my sister, Christ. and she's like, oh, I hope you didn't get this. I hope you don't get this condition. I'm like, what do you Literally, mean the shit just got real. Yeah, and she's like, that's like one of the strongest antibiotics. I'm like, why am I on one of the strongest antibiotics for a finger infection? She's like, because that's the only thing that can guarantee to kill any of the crap that is in your mouth that could now be in your finger. I was like, oh, damn. I was like, I didn't know the stuff in your mouth was so intense. You know that Komodo dragons don't produce venom. Their mouths are just so toxic that from the bacteria that that's how they kill their prey (laughs) they give their prey infections i'm not kidding that's crazy yeah so my crazy story from getting my finger infected was and this makes me sound like the worst father in the world and so my punishment for my oldest when she was little little um not little little like four or five and it was terrible and I shouldn't have done it and I was like this is better than spanking because I was spanked a lot as a kid and I've I've 
I've changed my ways in childhood discipline. <laughs> anyway, this part may be edited, but I would put ho- a dab of hot sauce on her tongue as a punishment. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a terrible idea. But one day, she got so mad at me, she bit she my bit middle finger. finger. Oh. <laughs> and it got infected, and I had to go through two different rounds of antibiotics, antibiotics. from hey. the infection. Because, as you say, that mouth bacteria is the real deal. It is so, the real deal. So that was my karma for, yep. for my corporal punishment I probably shouldn't have done. And and I may end up cutting that from the podcast. But it only happened like twice, and she was a very incorrigible child. So and that so, was the second time it ever happened, and never happened again after that because I didn't want to go through antibiotics. <laughs> so, so there we anyway, go. Anyway, one of the biggest problems with the medical industry is it's not all socialized. As a, as a consumer, <laughs> you have no idea what you're getting into. And the argument is, the argument that everyone makes is you shouldn't because you're worse than the resident. You don't know what you're doing. But here's the thing. I do know that if one place has 4.6 stars on Google and they're going to give me the MRI for $500 and another place has STDs and lice on the furniture – and it's $460, and they won't return my phone call. And the third place is the Posh Hospital. That's going to cost three grand. I can make an informed choice to go somewhere else <laughs> and save us all money. So on one hand, this is a good news story about the informed choice program. Because, I mean, the execution was really poor. But, you know, I like where their head's at with this. Obviously, they're just trying to save money, right? But interesting, you know, this MRI. Are you eating an MRI? Yeah, and an yeah, MRI what are you eating? Walnuts. My GP told me I need to eat more walnuts. <laughs> After he messed with your arm, before. Well, because do, do you eat much seafood? I was like, uh, do my kids' fish sticks count? He's like, no. <laughs> so then he was like, well, yeah, you're not going to get a lot of seafood in Ohio, so you need walnuts for whatever. <laughs> whatever is in here. That, yeah, 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 whatever. The stuff that's good for your heart. And my cholesterol, I got my, you know, I got my blood drawn and all that kind of stuff. And all my numbers were great, except my cholesterol was terrible. Yeah, my, so my cholesterol is not good. I've got to get more walnuts, less bread. I yeah. yeah as I as I just went through my second beer as you were telling that story so, or third beer that you so that's my pitch for this week uh, I got two pitches um the don't bells... wait when you tear something huh your first pitch is don't wait when you tear something well yeah that is my first pitch um and your second pitch is the beer you're drinking uh bell's Christmas ale which is a Ooh. scotch ale, not uh, which is a scotch ale with a little extra spice in it. It was very good. Um, and then my second pitch is the so there's a ba- there's an alt country band I like called Murder by Death, <laughs> <laughs> and they have a lovely little Christmas album that they just put out. <laughs> oh, lovely! And they're uh, kind of bluegrass version of uh, Holiday Road is is delightful so that's my uh pitch eli what do you got to pitch this week or quarter since we haven't podcasted since like august 
Honestly, I can't think of anything right now. I know um, what, what Eli wants to pitch. Eli uh, wants to pitch. If anybody has a way to get Eli a PS5, that is what he's pitching. <laughs> I saw is... the best headline today. Um, man forced to sell his PS5 after <laughs> after a wife finds out it's not a dehumidifier. <laughs> it was an actual it was an actual headline. This guy bought a PS5. It wasn't the onion. Wife, no, his no. wife did not want him to buy it, and he told her it was a dehumidifier, and she apparently bought it for a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that article, Eli? Because I heard you laugh, like unknowing laughs. You did see that article? I did see it. The sad thing is, is he probably sold it at a profit. And the even sadder thing is, is he did not sell it to Eli. Well, I'm sorry, yeah. man. It's, uh, it's, it's a cold world out there, man. <laughs> well, with the pandemic, it's hard to get one. And I'm not going to risk like going, waiting in line at it for a store. But the online game is tough with all the bots and... Oh yeah, tech savvy people who like aren't working, so they can check refresh every second. That's insane. So. No, just that web traffic has been nuts. Like today, um, all the O three sixty five apps were lagging like crazy because there was just so much latency. And I literally on Twitter today, Twitter is too busy right now. Try back in a couple minutes. And wow. like my uh, wife, um. So my wife is a Lego VIP, which she likes to spring on people, which I think is kind of like the most hilarious flex ever. Did but, you say Lego? Lego. She is a Lego VIP. What does that mean? I have no idea. I think like, it means she go to you're, Lego allowed land to and... get, you're allowed to give Lego more money than most people is what I think it actually means. So she's like a triple <laughs> platinum, like Lego. Yeah. She's consumer? like got the Lego Points. uranium card or whatever. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but so she likes Legos. Yes. So she, yeah. And so I get her a Lego set every year. Like she really likes the kind of the hoity toity architecture ones. Oh. Um, and that Lego's biggest set came out this year, which is the Roman Colosseum. Um, oh and it is like 9,000 pieces or something like that. It's crazy. It's it's over $500, which is wow. nuts. But I, I'm not getting her that. But it's funny because they actually, when you're a Lego VIP, you go and then you sign into the website. And then they actually have a queue system before they let you on the website. Like you are number three hundred and twenty-seven in the queue. You your approximate weight to be allowed in the website to be able to shop and buy something is approximately eight minutes. <laughs> I mean, isn't that crazy? So I've got a cool story to follow. That there are all kinds of like pop-up scams around Legos. Are you aware of this? No. And my wife fell for one. So what? Yeah, it was like a. Was he was like, like I am a Lego Nigerian prince. It was <laughs> a Lego four one nine scam. No, so it was like a Facebook ad, I think, and it took her to like a not like a you know like a GeoCities type website, and it was <laughs> advertising. It was it was advertising a crazy Lego set for like fifty bucks. Oh, which yeah. is really hard. It was really hard to come by. And she's like, wow, that's a great deal. And then, of course, the problem was that it was like $25 shipping and handling. 
So it's kind of like, okay, that kind of makes up for it. So then she bought it, and then, like, a couple of days later, we get a small box in the mail, and it's a pair of basically fake, like, Ray-Ban sunglasses that are very <laughs> clearly, like, they're, they're very clearly, like, $1 sunglasses from China. And and it's from that company, and it's like, here's your order. And so the scam is something like the way it, the marketplace works or something like that. It's like if you've already paid the shipping cost, the best that they'll do is allow you to, like, return it. So, like, we could – Oh. It's just – it's like they've already got you at that point. So oh, okay. So we just threw out the $50 pair of – well, at least uh, they didn't steal your credit card. No. No, they didn't. Although you could probably call you was it a credit card or a debit? It was credit. Yeah, you could probably call your credit card and dispute the charge and say this is a BS site. Yeah. But, but then the you're site, stuck in all no, that's you that's hell it's again. It's, it's but it's pop up because the site's gone now. Do, do you hear like, me, Tom? What, what was it? You're probably stuck in call queue hell again. If you oh, do my that. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're probably going to try and get you to get a flu shot. Well, I, I got two things to pitch, and then I'm going to end with a <laughs> sign-off, uh, get-off-my-lawn rant. So the first thing I have to Another pitch one. is... The first thing I have to pitch is the app called Skyview um, that I have for my Android phone. It's like augmented reality that allows you to find constellations planets messier objects nice. etc what is a messier and it is like the, uh you know like things like um nebulas and the uh, pleiades uh, tom the term is nebulae whatever um <laughs> but yeah it's that guy i don't know jonas messier or johan or whatever his name was that i've never um, heard of that yeah so they they label them like M1 through like 90 or however many objects that he discovered in the, I don't know, 1700s or something. I'm getting these details wrong. But anyway, I'm 36 years old. My dad worked for NASA. I had pictures growing up of planets from the Hubble, you know, because I was coming of age when Hubble was coming online. I've got the space shuttle. Like I've been adjacent to like space my whole life. My One of my favorite movies is Interstellar. You know, it's like. And yet, it wasn't until I got this app that I learned so many basic things about the night sky. For example, did you know, do you know, do you guys know what the brightest object in the night sky is, other than the moon? Venus. Venus. What's the second brightest object? <laughs> Uranus. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the greatest no, joke ever. <laughs> what is it? Uh, it is, um, is it Mars? I think it's, no, no, I think it's Jupiter. I think he's, and then because Mars is, is, and then it absorbs a lot of light. No, but then it's Mars. I never knew that like the three brightest things after the moon are planets. I just didn't know that. I always thought like stars. Yeah. Venus is the most often thing mistaken for a UFO because it flickers. Okay. So. Here's the other thing. This whole year, Jupiter and Saturn have been like side by side. And on the 21st, the day of the solstice, yeah. they're going to look like a double planet. They're going to be so close together. It's the first time in like 800 some years that that'll happen. Here's the other cool thing. Like I now know <laughs> all these constellations because of this app. And I bought a pair of 
uh, binoculars for like $35 that are incredible. And I can see so many things easily. Here's the other thing I didn't know. How many stars that you see are uh, in Milky Way galaxy versus a different galaxy? 99.9. I never knew that everything, that every star that you see is actually in the Milky Way. However, you can see like the Andromeda galaxy, not to be confused with the Andromeda constellation. And I can now find the Andromeda galaxy with my... I thought you just said 100% of the things are in the Milky Way. You can't see any stars in it. You just see this tiny... Well, like, yeah, you just see that the galaxy looks like a star. It doesn't look like a star. It doesn't oh. look like a star. That's what I'm saying. Do you see it with your binoculars? or you Yeah, gotta, I can okay. find it with my binoculars. I can't see it with the naked eye. I can see it with binoculars. <laughs> so anyway, okay. it's been awesome to like go outside, put my phone up. Oh, and you do that every night for a couple weeks, and you start to like... It superimposes the actual outline of the constellation yeah. on the stars. It's so cool. So that's my first thing to pitch. What was it called? Sky View. Sky View. Okay. What's your next thing um, to pitch? Because this podcast is long in the tooth. If you have Disney Plus, the Right Stuff series is pretty good. Oh, okay. I, I think they've taken way Better too many. Better than that movies. crappy one they put on Apple TV. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, they put they they did like an alternate history one on Apple TV of like the space program. I can't even remember what it was called. Oh no, this is based on the book, right? Um, yeah, no, the and the phenomenal movie, the right yeah, stuff. Yeah, phenomenal movie. Although they one don't of my all time favorites. They don't have any Chuck Yeager in the series. <sighs> I don't like I that. I know, and you won't like a lot of things because they they really like maximize a lot of drama that was not in the book so i i'm very yeah. i'd be very upset if i no and and i'll pitch that stuff. book because tom wolf's one of my favorite writers and that's a fantastic book yeah this tom wolf died last year i think yeah pump house gang another fantastic book so here's wolf. the final here's my final thoughts nate <laughs> okay I, before you do I that am not okay go ahead i gotta give you my biggest one of my biggest bucket list items and one of my biggest regrets in my life the first, the bucket list item, I want to go out to Utah, go up in the Rockies, and see the Milky Way. Well, then don't go to Utah because those aren't the Rockies. Bam. Roasted. Okay. Sorry. Those it's... are a different mountain range. Which okay, I was like... it's still part of the Continental Divide. Shut up. <laughs> Second, <laughs> biggest regret of my life is not asking the planetarium guide if he can show us Uranus. <laughs> because both my daughters were there with me and my wife and I'm like I gotta do it I gotta do it I gotta do it and I chickened out so that's the biggest oh, regret of my life so anyway uh, what were you saying continue Tom alright I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed I'm not the brightest crayon in the box that said I I am a knowledge worker I sit around and punch numbers into spreadsheets all day. I do have two degrees in engineering, and I am abhorred by how difficult it is for me to understand when I talk to my mortgage lender or when I talk to my ins- you know, insurance company about all of these numbers. Like, I'm asking them very specific questions. I'm asking them to read these Excuse things me. back to me. 
and I just never understand what they're saying. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, if this is so hard for me, what the heck is going on for, like, old people that can't really hear? What is going on for people that don't speak English natively? What is going on for people like Nate that aren't that smart? Like, <laughs> how, like how in the world does anyone have a chance? Oh, I agree with like, you. I mean, knowing what's going on with your I, mortgage. I, I think what that's going, 100% on what's going your... on with all this voter fraud BS right now. So, <laughs> it just got super quiet. No comment. <laughs> 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 oh lord anyway oh, no but i yeah, agree with you tom we live in a complicated world and i feel like what was it what's the term math washing where you just throw like concepts that should not be that hard into a bunch of math jargon and they become impossible to that that comes up in data science a lot it's seriously like flood the zone with shit it is it is exactly so, um, I I don't have anything to add to that. Eli, you got anything to add? Parting shot? Yeah, actually, now that you mention that, there, there is one thing I want to pitch because I think it's been a while. I think the show's been out for a while too, but it's on Netflix. I think the Queen's Gambit. Oh yeah! Oh, I saw the previews for that. Yeah, yeah it's it was, big in Cavs, you know, Cavs Twitter. Uh, a lot of Queen's Gambit fans. Gotcha. I actually just started like two days ago, but I'm already done. Uh, it's pretty easy to do if you're like at home all day, but it's <laughs> only seven episodes. But I was just, uh, you know, on the surface, it's a story, and no spoilers here, but you know, it's a story about a young woman who's a chess prodigy, and you would think that that premise would not get excited, but for some reason it just really works with this, with this show. Yeah, and, uh, I've heard it's caused a big really good show. explosion in chess popularity. Nice. Yeah. I'd prefer that over an explosion in murder hornet popularity. There you go. So, uh, Cavs' first preseason game, uh, Cavs-Pacers, Saturday the 12th. So, that will be fun. And uh, you guys stay safe. You stay healthy. If you need anything, reach out. That goes for you guys uh, listening as well. As always, and as ever, go, go Cavs. Cavs. And go Cavs. if you hurt your shoulder, go to the doctor. And go see a specialist. Uh. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs Podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. Lost your Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.